Hey, Nathan. Hey, Paul. Guess what time it is. It's Pixel Response time. Actually, it is 7.37 hour time. Oh, okay, okay. I thought and that it's was Tuesday. Cute. We're being late. Whoops. Reje- rejection. <laughs> that worked out really well. That's actually a voicemail for later. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it is, yeah, it's Tuesday because yesterday, what happened? At work or something? No. You worked. Yeah, it's true. Okay. I did work, and then I got home late, and I was like, I'm too tired to do that. I'm going to go to That's sleep. That's totally understandable. I do not like doing anything after work, but yeah. yeah, it happens. Especially anything like serious. Like It's like, I can eat this you know, pasta and lie down. Like I could probably take care of that. Sure. But not anything serious. Yeah, I'd be bad mood for it. But yeah, today was different. Today was a day off. Today was spent indoors all day playing video games. Yeah, so I can report That's, on some of that stuff at some point. I spent yesterday doing that. Pretty fun, right? Just kicking um, in like it depends 12. what game you're playing, <laughs> but yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I I could have been playing better video games probably, but I. It's kind of one of those things where it's like we acquired a bunch of games via this kind of weird Canadian exclusive sale thing that happened. Yeah, so we have games around that aren't. You know, things you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Best Buy and Future Shop had a weird promotional weekend where they were giving away Assassin's Creed 4, uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, and Battlefield 4 for just trading in anything, essentially. Yeah. So you could basically turn an old worthless game into a new future worthless game, you know, but you get a little window of time where it's worth something. So if I beat it right now and trade it in right now, I can get like money. Actually, so, if you got the Call of Duty or the Assassin's Creed, yeah, then you will probably it will always be worth something because for some reason those games are always kind of expensive for what they uh, Assassin's Creed I've seen like ten, fifteen dollars for previous iterations. So that is way too much for Assassin's Creed. No, I'm saying they'll no, I'm saying trade in value you'll get like a nickel. Like I'm saying no, oh, yeah, they're yeah. also worthless, you're wrong. Um, Call of Duty also probably because it's a yearly thing so I can't imagine the window on that is too big either this is like before map packs came out though so maybe Mm. it's worth something so I had to finish that I had to and I guess I need to give like props to Brittany for going out all day to actually track down these games because I didn't think it would be that big a deal but apparently it took like hours and hours in line to actually make this happen Jesus Christ I know I didn't think that would happen I thought it was just like yeah, this was like on a like blog somewhere. Like it wasn't really widely publicized before just it just before it happened. So it'll probably be readily available, right? I mean, they obviously have warehouses and warehouses full of these games, right? But yeah. I guess a bunch of assholes reserve the games. And can they, can other, you do that? I get no, but I guess somehow that didn't get. I guess a lot of word didn't get to the actual employees of this store around this deal until, like, it was already happening. So it's just like, hey, can I reserve Assassin's Creed 4 for tomorrow? Uh, I guess so, yeah, okay. You're the 98th person today. I don't know what's going on. And then 
that's because this crazy sale was going on and a bunch of managers didn't know how to cope with all of that. This is all secondhand. I didn't actually get to go because I was at work the whole time. But there was apparently a battle in the streets for all these games and it was nuts. But battle. Yeah. We ended up with all three of the said games, though. I ended up with Ghosts on Wii U because I have one of those. I'm one of a few. Why the Wii U out of curiosity? Because uh, it was the last game there at all. Okay, sure. So that did that you have was... to trade a Wii U game in order to get it? No, it's uh, basically any 360, PS3, uh, Vita, or Wii U title qualifies. So we have a bunch of like old 360 titles lying around that we have great PC versions of now. So it's like, oh well, we'll take out the garbage essentially, and then come back with the new video games. Because, yeah, once you've seen Arkham City on a PC, you don't want that old one anymore. So, get that out of here. It's trash. It's garbage. Vomit. That was a dismissive sound. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, old games, as we've said before, like, at some point, they're just not worth anything. And for a little, little tiny bit of time, these are still worth something, so we might as well make that trade up. And then cash sure. out, get Steam money if they'll let us do that. That would be. What did problem. you trade in? Um, Arkham City. Uh, okay. We have two copies of it here, or did so that was extra easy to make make happen. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I I wasn't actually the one doing the trading, so I'm trying to think what else actually left. Uh, Saints Row Three, the 360 version. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we had two Arkham Asylum Game of the Year editions as well. So one. Of so you two. traded two Batman and a Saints Batman Row. Batman and Saints Row. Oh, and Just Cause 2, actually. So oh, okay. Just Cause 2, I think we still have Asi- uh, Asylum, if that's the case. Well, it's a good time. Like, all the PlayStation Plus games that are free, you could probably just trade the disc copies in if you had those for people that did that, right? Like, I could have done Demon's Souls. Uh, if you have a disc, yeah, it was any, any like, um, disc that would work. So actually, yeah, there was also weird trading happening in line for this because it's just like, oh, you don't want to play this game anymore. Well, I'll trade you my next gen game that also works for this deal so that like, I'll have something I want and you have something that you can still use. So that was going on too. So we also ended up with Alice on 360, (laughs) but that was just Brittany waiting in line, making that happen. So. Oh, just like the person in front of you? It's like, fuck, I'll take that. Yeah, it's like, well, this game, which is still good for the trade-in, so you lost nothing, and I gained something I'm curious about. Uh, Sean did the same thing to get Sneak King, which is a classic advertainment game. I don't know. Advertainment, yeah. Advertainment, that's the wrong word, but whatever. (laughs) No, it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's a kind of a classic in a bad, terrible way, but yep video game so yeah call of duty ghost i was playing that on wii u i i i don't know it was just like well i need to finish this i need to finish this campaign so that i can get rid of this and that took like what three hours i used to do i think it was it was longer than that i'm gonna say like five yeah okay maybe maybe like the early goings i was playing on normal difficulty and eventually i was just like fuck that like i don't know what i'm doing because there's like, there aren't achievements on the Wii U, so there's no reason to do that on that front. And I just want to walk through this roller coaster, essentially. Like, I don't want 
anything to hold me back. So I switched it to rookie mode and then mm. just watched everything explode for like five hours. Yeah, I, I want to see the explosions. There are so many explosions. And I don't know if it's just something I've never noticed with the Wii U. The rumble on the Wii U doesn't sound like it's good for it. Like, it sounds unhealthy. Like, it's just like... Like, it's like grumbling around. Like, it's just... I don't know. Considering how much rumbling is happening with that thing, it was just like, this sounds bad for it. I I don't know. It sounds sick. Yeah. Like, it just ate a whole bunch of cheesecake or something. Now it's on the couch just like... Yeah. Something like that. It was not. It was not ideal. Um, yep. I I finished that game though. There's stuff in space. That game opens with stuff in space, pretty much. Yeah. Which kind of the reason I decided to actually boot it up instead of just trading it immediately because I'm just like, well, that sounds really stupid. I should probably see that. And it's so stupid. Like, in ways that bothered me because, like, you know, zero G gun battles. Like that's that's really dumb in terms of like real science that could never happen that way. But for video games, that's nothing new. There's been games in space. Why not? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't totally commit to what I wanted to see from that. Cause okay. This is a very specific example, but in star Trek six, the undiscovered country, there's a part in that movie where dudes are getting shot in zero G on like a Klingon ship. And their blood is floating around in big bubbles of blood because that's what would happen because there's liquid in space. We've all seen the Chris Hadfield videos of him eating and drinking juice and stuff. It flows around awesomely in no gravity. Here, it was just splatting on walls like it was anything else except we were like swimming through the air. That's because the people that make Call of Duty games don't know how to make good physics games. Well, like the physics of like dudes bodies floating around and like guns and stuff was fine but they didn't bother making that apply to liquid which kind of bummed me out because i'm just like if you're gonna go this far just go all the way and make it look crazy and awesome but they just didn't which i mean there's underwater levels too in that game and they obviously have like the kind of misty blood that happens when you get cut underwater but they didn't kind of gin up their own effect for the space stuff which kind of bummed me out but man that space stuff's so stupid like you're just shooting machine guns in no gravity like and no air like it's just like what is igniting right now how is this happening like this doesn't work but it's just like no whatever man these these terrorists are using this space weapon and you got to stop them Uh, yeah and oh okay i know you we you kind of had mixed feelings on stanley parable but did I? Um, well, like you, you, you're like, oh, it's a little too clever for its own good or something. Like it's a little not. It does the thing it's making fun of, which is kind of hypocritical. That's yeah. Kind of I but saying. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I was just playing devil's advocate mostly. Oh, okay, okay. But yes, it did. I mean, you can't deny that it did do that. It's like all the games that are like, I'm making fun of this thing, and now you have to do it though. Yeah, I thought it was a little more clever about it because the point of it was trying to find ways to not do the thing. Sure. But then it would at least address you for doing other things. Whereas, like, I I guess I just want I just brought up Stanley Parable because, like, for me, it kind of showcases a bunch of like bad ways games typically tell stories. So I can kind of relate a Stanley Parable experience to problems I have with other games. I'm gonna give this a try. Okay. The Call of Duty games are the adventure line, 
I don't know if you saw the adventure line. It's one of the paths you can take in Stanley Parable. But what do you have to do? It's like in the adventure line seg- section of Stanley Parable. It's literally just follow this yellow line, and the game will happen. Like just okay. don't deviate. Call of Duty does that, and it it doesn't tell you though, obviously, because it's not having fun with it. But it's literally like follow this guy. No, you fucked up. You didn't follow the guy. Game over. And you're just like, okay, I, I was trying to have fun. Can I do that? No. Follow our guy, and then the stuff will explode, and you will have fun because the stuff's exploding. And you're just like, oh, our, I mean, I like stuff exploding, but I, I'm kind of stoked that I'm in space right now. Can I float over here and look at this thing? No. You left the missionary. You failed. Like, it just does sure. that over and over again. And I was like, oh, wow. I have not played one of these in a while, but this is gross. Like, it kind of makes that game seem small in a way. Like, the possibility space is very small. You can do one thing in that game, and that is shoot the guys the game tells you to shoot and do everything everyone tells you to do. Because, like, there was a point in that game where it's like there was a bit of a story thing going on where, like, it's like if you press this button, you could conceivably kill some characters. And I was like, oh, that's shitty. I'm not going to do that. So I just sat there, and then. The, the screen goes great. Words come up on screen. You failed to follow orders. Game over. I was just like, it doesn't actually say game over, but it's like you failed. You didn't listen to the guy, like the military guy who told you to do the thing. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and say at least you can fail, and we'll get into that more about the problems I'm having with Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> oh, so yeah, okay, I guess, but like it's such a non, like there's no punishment to the failure. It's just you have to waste 10 seconds of your life and let it reload and which is the punishment and it's it's not a punishment in the way that it should motivate you to want to do the part right it's a punishment in that i have to do this so i can get this stupid piece of shit game over with kind of yeah but man it's like there were times where i was like this is kind of cool like this is a decent action movie right now like it's just like this is a really weird train i'm on like, this is, you know, this whole oil rig is exploding, and that's crazy. But it's so constrained that it just kind of felt, like, so, you know, it. you have no choice. You have no option to do anything other than what it's telling you. So it kind of doesn't feel that cool. Like, it's just kind of, you are basically walking along this line. Like, the, like okay, the Wii U version has all the objectives listed in front of you at all all times. That's basically all they use the second screen for. Okay. when I was considering like, oh, like follow Melendez or something, I'm just like, or no, like it would be kind of story centric objectives. Like it's like you got to retrieve this thing or you got to find this guy. And I was like, really, the only objective that actually is happening is follow the guy, like follow the game. Just do walk over here. Follow the money. Yeah. Walk or it's basically just walk the correct path. Just walk to the place. And then the cutscene will happen, or the guys will pop out that you shoot so you can keep walking. Like, it is just so narrow that it kind of makes all the stuff that used to impress me about that kind of game. Like, four years ago or whatever, when I was playing Modern Warfare 2, I was, I was pretty into it. But now I kind of realize, like, it is so scripted to the point that it is kind of just redundant. Like, it, you just don't get to do anything. Like, you don't actually have any impact on anything in that game at all. Like, it's... This is like, do you want to play along? Do you want to see this happen? And it's just like, no, I kind of want to go over here. It won't allow for that. And that's kind of, I guess, how they can make one of these every year. Because all they're doing 
is making a really detailed kind of amusement park path, and everything beyond that is probably just fake. Like, it's like, this looks like a city, but it's not. Like, there's just nothing over there. Don't even try to go over there. And they won't even let you find out that there's nothing over there for yourself. They'll just gray out and say you failed right away. So it's like, I have to start questioning, like, everything about what I'm seeing or being presented with. Like, it's just like, this this probably isn't really that detailed of an oil rig, but this is the only path I can walk along on it. So I'm seeing all these animations that are custom and stuff exploding in this very specific way, but it's it's all a lie, man. I don't know. I was having a very compromised experience, like, the entire time. I saw all the dudes, though. I saw the story play out. There's brothers. There's a dog. Your dad is there. The dog's name is Riley. The dog's right? name is Riley, and at some point you need to protect him because he got hurt, and it's really sad. Does he die? No, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I thought he would at some point. Like it seemed like that was where they were going, and they're just like, "No, you saved him." Cutscene. Well, the, that's the cheap way to invoke emotion, right? Is to kill an animal. Yeah, so it so. wouldn't have been beyond them, but they didn't do that, and they totally set up for a sequel, like a, a ghost sequel specifically. Not just yet another Call of Duty, but they kind of deliberately go like, "Huh, we're gonna probably do some stuff with this character." And it's like, I don't, I don't know if I care that much, but okay. The world's getting toasted real bad by space lasers. Like, you know, bad stuff's happening on a large scale. But it, it, it really, it was reminding me of just like dumb James Bond movies. Like specifically that it's got so much stuff in space. I was just like, this is just Moonraker, which is one of the worst James Bond movies. And that is how far, like, Call of Duty has gone into the absurd nonsense. Like, it's just like, gun battle in space, I don't know. That That's what we have left. There's a sky train. Like, it's just like, what world does this take place in anymore? Like, it's it's not quite sci-fi, but it's not current day at all anymore. And How is the part where you play as a dog? Dumb. Like, I mean, Dead to Rights did that. So this isn't even like the first time I've played as a dog and you can't even bite the dude's balls in this one. So what's that? Lame. That's so dumb. Why isn't there a bite balls button? Like seriously, guys, if you're going to play in this space, you got to top the best in the business and that's Namco. And you did not do that. I, I, whatever. You just like basically tap into like cameras that are on your dog and then you can control them for a little bit and you kind of stealth kill him. And that whole section, you're basically just crawling through like a path of grass that goes past a bunch, past a bunch of stuff. Like it's just stay in the grass and then bite a guy occasionally. There's there's not much the dog mechanics. Like there's like parts where you're in a tank, parts where you're in a helicopter, but it all seems very limited in what you can actually accomplish. Like it's just like shoot the targets, just just shoot those targets right there. Okay, good, you did it. Now let's transition to our guys on the ground. Shoot those guys. All right, we're done here. Fade to black. A weird cutscene plays. Like some of the cutscenes, like one in particular, I was kind of impressed by just how weird they went with like the visual style. Like it's almost just like metaphorical, like just you know, like crystals coming out of this dude and like weird smoky effects and all this stuff. Um, but I'm gonna immediately kind of counter that positive I just said because they also have a fat loading bar on the screen every time you're watching a cutscene. Great. So it's just like. Hey, we worked real hard on this cutscene, but you don't care about that because you're just watching this bar fill up because that means you can play again. And I don't know why they chose to just have that bar there. Like, it's not a very big thing, but it's just right there in on the screen. And it just seems like a weird thing. Like, it's just like, 
you know, if the game's loading, like, I understand that. I can watch this cutscene while it's doing that, and you don't need to kind of remind me of that. It, it, I don't know. It was a weird... I, I don't know what that choice was for. That, that seems strange. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played one of these in a while. It is a roller coaster full of explosions, and if you like those, this one seemed okay, I guess. Like, there's, you know, some okay levels in there, I guess. Like, there's an underwater base and all this stuff, and you go to space. I have mentioned that a couple times. There's yeah. Like, action set pieces, they still came up with some of those. And Well, they have to, right? That's literally the only thing that draws people in, because the gameplay has been well, the same forever. The main thing that actually draws people in is the multiplayer, which I have, I still have, like... I don't understand that, but okay. No interest in, but sure. I'm told that is missing a bunch of modes people have become accustomed to, so people are kind of bummed out about that, so mm-hmm. I guess kind of disappointing on that front that is literally not at all what i have ever cared about from this series so yeah i i I played the campaign i essentially got this game for free so yeah i i guess yeah that's really when i would play this kind of game was back when i worked in video stores so i could rent stuff for free so i i'd still check out like games like this where it's just like i know this won't have enough in it to interest me long term, so I'm not going to pay sixty dollars for it, but I'll check it out because why not? I mean, everyone's talking about it, and it's like five hours, so I might as well see the thing. And yeah, I don't know. There's some cool slow motion explosions, and you know, throwing knives and whatever, but it's very shallow. Like it is a very shallow gameplay experience. Like I, maybe on higher difficulties, there's more to it or something, like the mechanics, but. It honestly seems like a lot of your gadgets and stuff you get, you can only use at, like, scripted times. Like, you saw Kick-Ass, right? No, I haven't, ever. You've never seen Kick-Ass? Yes, of course I have. I've talked about it many times. Okay, I just, you know, I was, that that wasn't actually... For all our new listeners. Okay. You were, Uh, you were clarifying it for them. Film, yeah, I just wanted to reestablish that. Um, you know the part in that movie where Hit Girl uses the strobe light? Yeah. There's a part in this game where you Robin's can do Revenge. That. Yeah, Robin's Revenge. You can switch to Robin's Revenge in <laughs> Call of Duty Ghosts. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But you can literally only do that in that one room where it's dark. And that's the only time you ever get to use that in the whole game. It's just like, oh man, like if there was actually like, we have a suite of stealth mechanics and sometimes you can use stuff like this and you get to choose when you use it. That would be kind of a cool one to include because it looked cool like it looked like it does in the movie. It's like strobing and the dudes are like, I don't know what's going on. And then you're shooting them in the dark and it's kind of neat. But you only get to do that literally one time at one level. And then you move on to like switch to thermal vision or whatever. Like they come up with a different thing you use later. And it's just like, oh, man, like there's some cool stuff in here, but it's not a mechanic. It's just kind of a, a gimmick. Like it's just a thing. It's just an event that happens. And right. then they move some other weapon. And I, I don't know, like, I guess I, I, I just kind of wish it let you choose what to do more. Like, there's always someone there with you telling you exactly what to do. And usually it's your big brother, which is extra strange. Like, it's just like, hey, Logan, get over here and do this thing. And you're just like, all right, I, I, I have to. Like, or yes, master. Have- Yes, yeah, all right, bro. Like, and you're a silent protagonist. Like, you know, your family is always talking and kind of filling in 
stuff for you, but you never talk, which seems kind of weird. Like, have they always done that? Like, does uh, so no. Tavish talk? Yeah, they all talk. Yeah, so this seemed, like, weirdly regressive in that way, where there's, like, moments where people are talking to you, or, like, you know something, but it, it doesn't seem like you're sharing it with people, or how do they know, or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% clear if over the cutscenes the voice you hear is you or not. Okay, so they so, did a bad job with the voice acting then, for sure. Well, they're pretty indistinct dudes sometimes. Exactly, yeah, actually, that's this the is point. Military man talking, like, I don't know who this is. Like, there's, like, an, a villain guy, and he... I wouldn't say his voice is very distinctive either, but you see his face when he's being a bad guy, whenever yeah. that's happening, so you kind of know what's going on. I, yeah, very straightforward, everything explodes action game. Uh... I kind of oh right. I guess one one brief kind of other point of comparison. I just want to say like, um, there's a mission in Grand Theft Auto Five where you go underwater and do a bunch of like Frogman stuff, and you're cutting through grates and sneaking into a secret base and all this stuff. Like kind of the same stuff you do in this game, but because that game exists in kind of this open world framework where it seems like like the possibility space is greater. It seems cr- it seemed crazy to me that you were able to do that stuff in Grand Theft Auto Five, and I was really impressed by it. Like I was like, "Wow, this mission's crazy! Like this is this is amazing that you can actually do this in this game." And there's like submarines and all this stuff. Here, it's like, "Well, this is all there is in this game." So the same exact sequence, essentially, where you cut open a grate and swim through a thing, and there's sharks, isn't exciting in the same way because it's it doesn't feel real. It's just kind of a sideshow. Like it's just window dressing. It's all window dressing. So yeah. So Call of Duty is window dressing the game. It's uh, there's yeah. It's pr- it's pretty empty in a lot of ways. I I don't know, but I guess it, that's just the series. It's very scripted, very directed, and I don't know how you'd get too much enjoyment out of that campaign. Like I like that's kind of why the multiplayer is the thing people go to, right? Because it's the longer lasting component of that game. You, I'm sure you can prestige in it and all that stuff, but I don't. I don't want to do that. I just, I don't really want to do that. It sounds like even the people that love multiplayer don't want to do that because they have the other Call of Duty games to play for that. I mean, this game is the first game to not make as much as the last year iteration, right? Like, Black Ops 2 debuted a bit bigger. So that... Then what, though? Then I don't think it... De- right, but it didn't debut bigger than the year before it, I don't think. Yeah, it did. Black Ops 2 is still bigger. Than like, uh, Call of Duty 3? Modern Warfare 3? Yeah, it's been going up, and this is the first one where it's started to tip a little bit down. I'm pretty sure that's fair to say. Okay, like, well, either way, I don't fucking care. So I know, I'm just saying, like, this This isn't, like, the beginning of the end or whatever, but this is definitely, like, it's started to plateau. Like, it's maybe... Yeah this kind of very directed, straightforward military shooter thing is finally going to end. And, <laughs> I mean, my choice of games right after I finished it was, do you want to play Battlefield 4 or Assassin's Creed 4? And it was kind of like, well, I don't want to just be a military man shooting stuff again, so sorry, Battlefield. I'm going to have to take a bit of a leave on that one. Like, I, I, Again, I'd probably be mostly interested in the campaign because I'm playing on a console, and I know the big multiplayer experience you want from a Battlefield game does not exist on the console. So huh. I'd play that on PC, ideally. So, 
you know, do I really want to, like, I, I swear, I'm thinking back to my time at E3, there was a moment in the E3 demo at, like, the EA presentation or whatever, where they were showing Battlefield 4's campaign or something, and there was a aircraft carrier tipping, and all the planes were falling off of it, and everyone was shooting, it was crazy. There's a moment in Ghost that is literally that. Like, you're on a big ship, and then it gets hit, and then all the helicopters and stuff are tumbling, and there's, like, explosions, and you're trying to run off the edge to jump onto a helicopter. And I was like, I don't want to do that exact thing again right now. I mean, sure, it's got a different engine and a different story, and it's all different in some ways, but I, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be a pirate. I'm, I'm going to be a pirate, Paul. I do want to play that pirate simulator game that they somehow wanted to name Assassin's Creed. Yeah. That game's, like, I'm only a few hours in, but I'm already, like, really amused by their kind of storytelling device. Like, their kind of meta layer to the game. Like, the out-of-animus stuff is so self-aware. It's crazy. Like, it's like Abstergo Games in association with Ubisoft bringing you this game. So they're, like, crossing real-world stuff with their fiction worlds, and it's like you're testing the new game. It's really weird. Like, it's like Total Recall kind of stuff, where it's like, go on a crazy pirate vacation! Come over here and test out our new thing! And it's like, alright. Like, they're almost self-aware now that that is literally the part people want to do, is just play a dude in some weird historical era, and... Like, there's talk of, like, they talk about the PlayStation Vita game, Liberation, in the game. And it's like, yeah, oh. this was the first experiment. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's so weird to see them kind of pull back that far and just kind of start joking about themselves, essentially. But it's almost refreshing, because at least it's lighter in tone. You know, like, it's not super self-serious about its mythos. It's just kind of like, it's a pirate! I don't know! Like, there's literally a part in the game that I've played so far where, like, a a game director guy who's like a French name dude, just like Ubisoft Montreal would have, turns to you and goes like, oh, the pirate one, yar. And then it's just like, okay. Like, the game knows this is really... Contrived. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. I want, <clears throat> I want a game yep. where I control a ship. Okay. And I am sailing the seas. Mm-hmm. and there's a little fishing boat or something, and I decide to destroy it. And sure. because of it, another, like, a like police state or whatever you would call, like, an armada starts coming after me, and I want to take them all out, and I want to get to the point where I'm stuck in a cove on an island with a full fleet of the army just <laughs> on the other side, and I want to go down blazing. Can I do that in this video game? I don't know if you can kind of open world system antagonize everybody and get that kind of thing going on. I'm not sure. Like I've done the briefest bit of sailing. I'm basically in the first port right now and I haven't left yet to go see what the sailing aspect of the game is. So I don't know yet. I cannot answer your question. I literally just kind of want a pirate game. Two cannons. Like so far, the stuff I've been doing has been pretty. Assassin's Creed type stuff, like you're in Havana, and you can go around and like climb up stuff and collect treasure chests, and I bought some new swords and um, fought some guys. I assassinated a couple people, so there was that. That's how I got a lot of my money. Uh, the combat, I like. I mean, other than 
you know, you losing some synchronization points or whatever the hell, like, you can just fight guys. And the game just lets you, like, just, just like, not going to fail you out. And let, unless you're doing, like, a tailing thing, which still kind of sucks. I guess that's kind of one of the weird things, though. In the game, every single mission, after you beat a mission, it's like, rate this mission. And in the guise of the fiction, it's like, give some feedback to Abstergo Games. But I'm guessing Ubisoft's actually looking at all this stuff. And I'm being pretty honest about it. Like, the first mission was kind of generic, but it was okay. Three out of five. The second mission I really didn't like because it was really focused on all this stealth stuff. And if you get spotted, you just fail. Two out of five. So I'm, like, rating the game as I'm playing it and kind of not liking some of the missions. I'll be honest. But just, I don't know. The the tone of just, like, running around and getting a bunch of gold and buying stuff is still there. Um, and I do hope the stuff you're talking about, like where it's basically Sid Meier's pirates, but you get to control the ship and, you know, drive around. I hope that's in there, but I don't, I don't People know. People say that it is. Yeah. I'm sure you can like level up your ship and get crew. Like I did find a piece of a sea shanty and it said you can, if you get enough of these, you can teach new songs to your crew. So I'm at some point crew stuff factors in and that would be cool, you know? So I, I hope the pirate game of all of our dreams exists in here, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I'm still kind of in the very early parts of the game. Um, yeah. More reports on that next time, I guess. Fantastic. Actually, yeah. if you tell me that what I want, what we were just talking about, is in there, I will probably pay fifty or sixty dollars for the game because okay. that is something that doesn't happen like ever in a video game like if it's open world enough where i can just do that for a while i will have enough fun on my own that i don't need to care about assassin's creed and that's fantastic Mm -hmm. so if that exists let me know and i will probably just buy it yeah i'm trying to think like the scripted story so far has been pretty one-sided like it really seems to care more about your guy edwin like the pirate guy as opposed to like you are an unnamed silent first person protagonist in the anim like the outside of Animus Abstergo world. So you're kind of just the player at that point. And I don't think that side has much story to it. Maybe you can kind of, you know, subvert Abstergo and kind of see behind the veil and see if they're a sinister company or something. I don't know if they'll go with any of that stuff. But at, right now, it's really just focused on this guy's a pirate, and he's kind of pretending to be an assassin to make more money and climb up the ranks or whatever. Like, you're kind of an imposter. You're not actually an assassin so far. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Like, you, you kill an assassin and then steal his outfit and get mistaken for an assassin, and you're just kind of rolling with it at this point. So, you are a pirate first and foremost, and an assassin second, but in kind of name only. So... Yeah, Pi- pirates. Keep I'll on see. rolling, baby. You know yeah, what time I'll it is. Yeah, I'll I'll see where all this ends up going. Um, yeah, that. I mean, I also played a bunch of Arkham City this week. Uh, just you, you played that, right? You finished it. Yes, I have finished Arkham City. Okay, like there's too much stuff in that game. I agree. It's not the. What Asylum did well is that it was kind of just like Joker's funhouse of crazy villains that you love from the series, and you're yeah. just gonna kind of like go through this area, and there's an end goal and blah blah blah. City is like, this is way too open. 
and there's way too much stuff to do that my attention isn't focused and there's no dramatic like motivation to actually do anything i found where it's like i don't know asylum very much felt like this is just like hell night for batman and i want it to be over so we got to keep pushing forward and get to the joker whereas city is kind of like well i'm just going to kind of look at riddler trophies maybe or like swing around a bit and oh there's this guy here i guess i mean the penguins here so maybe i should take care of that now it just didn't feel like there was any reason for the most part i felt the core story kind of made up for that because like they obviously try to have it where it's like batman's poisoned like he's gonna die so you need to you need to do these story missions or else bad stuff's gonna happen um you know like because the whole blood thing right like joker's blood is tainted and he taints batman so then you need to track down the cure. And I found that plot thread of like finding the the cure pretty, you know, I I just kept rolling with the story missions for quite a while. But as soon as that part's over, it's just kind of like, yeah, it just kind of opens up again where it's just like, all right, do do you want to go kind of stop Bane or something? It's just like, I guess, I, okay. Do you want to stop Deadshot? It's like, I could, but I I don't know. He's just kind of murdering people, but they're crimi- like they're in this arkham city it's it's a crime filled place i don't don't know i'm not that invested and yeah riddler stuff everywhere so i finished the story and then i played like a bunch more stuff and i'm still only at 44 percent like there's 56 percent more things in dude 44 percent in that game means you've done a lot of shit though i know i've (laughs) i've played like 14 hours of it but there's still so much more it's like pop these balloons do these AR training flying things. Oh, I did like, all of those because I found those fun. So Yeah, like I I don't hate some of this stuff, but like a lot of the stuff's just collecting things, right? Like the Riddler thing has gone overboard. Like it's just nuts how much stuff there is. And then like the prospect of like I didn't even finish this game and Arkham Origins is out. Like I don't I don't know. I don't need more stuff to do right now in You know what the, the great tragedy of it is, too? What? It's that the Riddler trophies are the least fun thing to do, but when you collect certain amounts of them, you get these awesome things that are, like, little situations that are, like, saw. Yeah, I know. Those are so good. I did the first one of those, and it was like, this is cool Riddler content. Like, this is kind of neat. Why didn't you just make more of these and make them more accessible than, like, go collect trophies? I don't know. And some of them aren't even, like, fun to get. Like, it's just you blew up in a wall and you climbed in there and got it. Or, okay, like, all the villains I fought and whatever, like, that was all satisfying and interesting. The most annoying, like, just weird, emasculating thing that happened in that game was Batman versus a plywood wall. I couldn't break it. It was, like... (laughs) It was like four feet up. I couldn't break it. None of my gadgets worked. I couldn't punch it. And there was like a Riddler trophy on the other side. So I was just like, do I do I not have a gadget I need or something? Do I need to level up something to blow up? Like I couldn't spray it. I set up a like a you know a I guess a a wire you know. So I was walking on the the wire near the thing and trying to punch off the wire, and I couldn't do that. So it was just like five minutes of Batman totally failing to break this wall. And it was just like, this is so dumb. Like, this is weird right now that, you know, he can waste 50 criminals and it doesn't even mean anything. But this wall is just totally, you know, thwarting everything he can throw at it. that wall, man. Yeah, that wall sucks. It's near the police station. 
I, I had nothing to do. Like, I was just going there to report to Mr. Freeze that I found his wife, which was also very anticlimactic. It's just like, hey, bro, I found your wife. Oh, thanks, Batman. And that was it. And that's the end of that whole story. That Mr. <laughs> Freeze fight is awesome. The Mr. Freeze fight was good. That was earlier. Like, that. Th- there's some pretty cool things that happen over the course of the main story arc. The Bane but, fight, not so much. No, the Bane stuff, I, there wasn't even really a fight, was there? Or was that Asylum? The I don't know. The one where he there's, just like you have to make him run into shit. The that's in Asylum. There's a there's a fight where you fight Bane in Asylum. In City, you kind of just blow up a bunch of canisters of Titan, and then he was trying to trick you to keep them, and then you lock them up and blow them up. And that, as far as I know, that's the end of that. Right. Like maybe he breaks out or something, but I I don't know. I guess there's like a hush thing that I haven't seen, so I'm I still kind of want to see some stuff in city but it's it's really disheartening seeing that number go up so slowly like it's like all right that was a pretty good like three hour session of batman arkham city let's see all right i went up five percent wow like it's just like you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything (laughs) yeah um yeah so i still like that game like there's a lot of stuff in it that's still really cool um but yeah there's kind of in that same way that kind of put me off Donkey Kong 64, where it's just like, we have 202 bananas now. It's just like, there's too many things. There's too many things to collect. Collecting the things isn't the fun part. Like, you need to kind of... 202 do- is 152 more than you need. Yeah. And Batman, apparently, like, the Riddler has, like, 400 or something. So, Which is like, about 400 more than you need? Yeah. The Joker balloons. What is it with that? Like, other people have dumb shit you need to do. It's, oh, I, I maybe I'll I'll play through the Harley Quinn DLC. I guess I have that. Does that just roll in seamlessly, or do I have to load that up from the menu? I have no idea, honestly. Okay, just because it's the Game of the Year edition, so I guess th- which I got in a humble bundle because th- those humble guys are so great. You know, they just give you the. Cheap They're game. so humble. They're so humble. From what started off as just like. Hey, we're going to give away some of these games for basically whatever you want to pay. And you know what? You can just give it to charity and we'll give it to you. Yeah. Oh, we're like a corporation now. You have to give us money. Yeah. So there's a new initiative going on at the Humble Bundle. The store has launched. Yeah. It's, I, I, you know, I honestly didn't look too much into it other than I got an email. I was like, that's a little weird. They're basically just turning into GOG.com. Which is a company. Like they use the exact same uh, storefront sort of thing too. Yeah, but what's a little different, I guess, is like the charity angle. But you can't actually determine how much you give to charity with these purchases anymore. Ten percent. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I didn't know that part. I thought I figured if you click on something, the sliders will come up again. You can be like, all right, well, my humble tip is zero because what? And I'm gonna give a lot to charity because I'm a you know kind-hearted person. Or no, I'm you're gonna, gonna be giving that. To, you're gonna giving you're giving them fifteen percent using their store just straight up. Yeah. So okay. And the kind of lineup of games I was seeing was like Euro Truck and like Don't Starve and stuff. Like still kind of more indie-centric stuff. But who knows where where this is all gonna go? I mean, well, like Guild Wars w- Two and Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. Oh oh yeah. That was on there, right? Yeah. The Ubisoft double thing, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel, like, completely grossed out by this. Like, we were asked a few weeks ago on Top Down about 
like, hey, are they becoming not so humble? And I kind of was like, ah, I don't know. They're still okay. But, you know, it does make me raise my eyebrow a little bit. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how to feel about maybe the frequency of all this stuff, too. Like, it's just like, we got a new bundle. We partnered with a giant company again. You're just kind of like, all right. I mean, hmm. Hmm. I'm, I mean, charity is an automatic word that generates a lot of goodwill really quickly. Yeah. But it might, you know, it could also be a very effective smokescreen if you're going to be a little cynical about it. Like, kind of just be like, charity, actually, very little goes to charity. Yeah. <laughs> Most of that bank, yo. It's kind of like how Coke is like, we're going to donate all this money to save polar bears. And we cap out at like 250000 or something. So like, they're getting all this like goodwill from polar bear people. Like, people are concerned about these animals dying. But most of the money that's coming in because of that goodwill is actually just going to Coke. I don't know if it's actually $250,000. But there's like an asterisk and a little like, you know, fine print on the ad that explains no not all of the money goes like a very small percentage actually goes to the thing we're pumping up in this commercial so don't get we should clarify that the humble bundle people don't actually get the lion's share though from their store that still goes to developers right so 75 goes to developers so like it's kind of a weird way for developers to get a bunch of goodwill purchases too right sure I mean, that's kind of how I was interpreting the EA bundle, like, when they did that. It's just like, this is the greatest PR for EA right now. They also get tons of Origin subscribers, and all it costs them is a bunch of old games. So, whatever. Like, I mean, Dead Space 3, you could argue, was still pretty current at the time, but that also kind of seemed to be a bit of a failure. So, I'm sure it also doesn't cost them that much to throw that in, too. So, the amount of, like, public perception boost you get from that kind of thing versus like the bottom line hurting or whatever like losing money i I don't know i think it's probably worth it well my big thing i guess is i I do a lot of these so i miss the days when hearing that there was a new humble bundle out was kind of like the best day of that month Mm -hmm. where it's just like oh "Oh, cool. cool i'm gonna see what i can get but now it's like there's a humble bundle every whenever. There's a weekly sale every week, and now there's a store where you can always just buy something. Yeah. Do so we now need another store just, too? Like just straight up? I don't think like so. Like it kind of just became another GOG.com, right? Like now there's another thing to check every week. But so. not even like GOG.com is more original in the fact that they do older games. Right. They at least have a unique spin on it where this is just kind of like, well, Same. I have Steam. Yeah. This is literally Steam Store version 2. And they've kind of partnered with Steam more and more so over the years. Like, they have that kind of connect directly to Steam thing now. Because they know that's, like, a big draw for them. So, yeah. I don't know. It It is a little strange. And, maybe, and it does kind of take some of the magic out of it. Like, you don't get that kind of, like, oh, wow, cool, there's another Humble Bundle? It's just like, no, there's always another Humble Bundle. Right. Like, you the last eight Humble Bundles, like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, okay. Like, they still have the numbered core ones, like the Humble Indie Bundle, but, th- you know, it is definitely diluting the kind of specialness of all of that with, like, yeah, there's a weekly sale, and some of them are crazy. Like, there's some really good deals on those, too. And then, like, in a way, that almost makes some of the Indie ones a little kind of, like, well, I got, like, Batman Arkham City Game of the Year Edition for, like, a nickel. So... Why am I going to pay money for Receiver now? 
yeah, like it kind of makes it like the value is like kind of equalizing for all of this stuff. So you get like this high profile, big budget stuff on the same plane as like this lower budget stuff. And it kind of makes everything seem a little weird. Like you're just like, I don't know, like what's worth anything anymore. Like I, that I this I, is something I, I want to do in indie talks with somebody about, like I want to talk to an indie dev that and see what they think that it's like, how do you feel good? that this AAA game of the year title is about the same as your cheapest sale ever now? Right. Like it, it's kind of hard to compete with that kind of giant production value and stuff now. Like, yeah, it's kind of making it, I'm assuming that's putting some pressure on indies in a weird way. Cause like, honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say like, I get a lot of indie Royale emails too. And I just don't care. Like I'll look at it. And I look at it, and it's just like, well, I've never heard of these games, and it's possible some of them are good, but if I'm going to give $5 to some sort of bundle thing right now, I'm going to give it to the WB bundle, because those are huge, high-profile games. Like, I want those. Whereas this is like, I have no idea about any of this. Like, th- these could be bad. I don't know. And some of them aren't on Steam. Like, some of them are only on Desura, and I don't like to load that up that often. Sure. So... It's just less convenient. And Some that's of them kind aren't of... even out, as I was griping about a few episodes ago. They sold me a game that wasn't even out yet. Right. So, you know, like, I don't, like, I don't want to say, like, Indie Royale is kind of doing a good thing and that they're trying to shine a spotlight on lesser-known developers with, like, more independent roots, you know? Like, they're actually, like, th- this could make or break them in a lot of ways. Like, this is a big thing for them. But just without like i have just no knowledge about any of the stuff they're talking about like i just don't care like i just am not really as invested and i feel kind of bad saying that you know but you probably shouldn't i I have not bought a royale bundle in quite a while sure so sorry guys but i don't i don't know if they were (laughs) worth a shit maybe they could get bigger names on it but like should that be the thing like should you be combating to get the, the the sweet people on your label or whatever like it it depends if you want to go the humble way of making money i guess or if you want to showcase these games so i mean like is rhythm destruction cool maybe i don't know but like do you think humble just got lucky because of like their first couple bundles having really big games when indies were huge well like they got some of those kind of marquee indie titles when they were at like you know like Bastion and stuff when everyone was still talking about Bastion like that's and like that's, Super yeah. Meat Boy and uh, Amnesia the Dark Descent like they got a lot of good indie games that were like the AAA of indie games is what they got right. whereas Indie right. Royale seems to be getting maybe the like bottom of the barrel like scratching for the last little bit there but like I don't know, like, that's just, just because I haven't heard of them, like, at some point, none of us had heard of FTL, right, or, uh, or Amnesia, I guess, or, you know, Fez, or, well, Fez was a pretty high profile pretty quickly, but, you know, there, there's games that have just kind of come along that no one was really paying attention to, so maybe some of these are tomorrow's those, right, like, maybe Rhythm Destruction or Subject 9 are really great. No, you're right. And well, maybe yeah. it's just me now that doesn't have the time or care to find those anymore. Or, or like, yeah, I don't have time to dig through eight indie games to see if any of them are good. You know, like, it's just like, well, I'll just play stuff I know is hot. Like, I, I don't, you know, 
I don't have all the time in the world to do that. So maybe Saturday morning RPG is really funny. These are all games that are in the current indie date, like the debut six bundle on Indie Royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's only five bucks, but that's you know that's five bucks. That's that's the that's the same amount of money I paid for the WB bundle. And again, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum and like Fear. I I, I shouldn't have bought Fear the bundle when I did because I really just wanted Fear Three, and it was in there. So yep. kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I don't know this this kind of battle for indie supremacy. Like, wait, does Indie Royale even do the charity angle? I honestly don't know. I think they do. Maybe. I don't this know. It seems like something I should be looking up. Maybe. Sorry, I got a weird hiccup. I've been eating macaroons. I don't know if they do. They honestly don't really highlight that. I think you're just kind of giving it to the developers. So in a way, this is almost more like I kind of I don't mind that. Like the charity angle, I find maybe it could be exploitative, right? Like it's just kind of like make a big deal about your kind-hearted nature when you're kind of just wanting customers, right? Yeah, sure. Like that's a way to look at it that I will choose to look at it that way because I'm very cynical about all of that kind of stuff. Because I don't know, like I will raise my eyebrow at your charity. It's just like I don't know why haven't you cured cancer yet if you've been doing this for so long. One of the games in the oh, debut six oh. bundle on Indie Royale is called Footlol Epic Fail League, and that sounds like the worst thing. And they don't have my money just because that one game's in there. <laughs> okay, I I didn't bring that one up because yeah, it says Footlol. It's really but, bad. That's a really bad name, and they should feel really bad. There's seven other games here, though. Like, duels us. Saturday morning RPG isn't much better. <laughs> I mentioned that, but okay. That uh, name isn't very good. But maybe it's about cartoons. That would be okay, but I don't know. Saturday morning, whatever. You know what? Moving on, Humble Bundle okay. Store is out. Um, yeah. You can that. give them money. I guess, but I would still rather give it to Steam, maybe, because they've been around forever, and I kind of don't mind supporting Valve. I'll just be completely honest. I'm having more of a problem supporting Humble, like the Humble people, because they are not so humble, and they're starting to act kind of like pieces of shit. Well, it's more like they just, you know, there's this pretense about it, whereas Valve is just like, we're just a company, and we want your money. You know? Yeah, I mean, if the Humble Store, we're just like, okay, so this is a store section. We still do the bundle, and you can choose how much goes to charity and whatever. But in this section right here, it's all going to developers and us. We're not making any pretense about it. The fact that there's charity thrown in there makes mm-hmm. me feel like they're just kind of fucking vultures or something preying on people's goodwill. Maybe. I mean, that's that's certainly a way to look at it. And, yeah, I don't know. I will still be buying the Humble Bundles for $1, though, when there is the one game I want. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm a consumer. I know, and I recognize a good deal when I see one. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I still, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still buying Humble Bundles on the regular, but... I mean, it is kind of bizarre seeing the kind of... Well, I paid less than that, or, like, I paid that on Steam for Don't Starve. Like, I guess... If you want an avenue to do that, but also give a little bit to charity, because, I don't know, you know, you feel real strongly about one of them or something, then this is a way to do that. But If you want to give to charity, though, why wouldn't you just give to charity? You know? Fair. You know what? Yeah, okay. 
yeah, fair. I, I, I don't know if a lot of people would normally want to give to charity at all, unless it's easy to do so, right? I've done like, so for, like, live streams and stuff, because mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's not only giving a charity with a live stream, it's also showing support for, like, whoever is running it, or your website, or whatever, so then it's kind of like, I'm showing this charity that this guy here is able to get my attention, so, like, there's a weird little thing associated with that, that makes me feel kind of less gross than buying Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon and giving 10 cents to charity. That almost seems like a spit in the face to me. Mm. Where it's but just like, like now, see, now I feel better about it, but then it's like, you should you feel good about giving to charity? Probably not. Like, well, you like isn't probably... any money to charity potentially good, whereas if it's just not going to... Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, like, you know, some charities, are they really accomplishing that much? Like, what is their overhead? All this stuff. Like, there's ways you can scrutinize charities. Or, you know, you can kind of, like, evaluate what a charity's core mission statement is and whether or not that even matters to you. Coney 2012. Coney 2012. Well, that, but also, like, I've had a weird attitude about Child's Play for a long time because I just, it seems like not that big an issue on a global stage, you know? Like, it's just like, over here, kids are dying. Over here, kids are bored in a hospital. Like, that's not equal, right? Sure. Like, it just doesn't seem... Like, it seems kind of absurd to me to, like, be really concerned about one over the other. But I totally get it, because, like, you know, that could be your kid in the hospital. Like, that's, you know, this is your country, and you're going to prioritize that. But, you know, like, if you're, you're seeing some ads where it's just like, you know, we need a dollar a month for this kid to even have pure water. Like, again, that seems more important then we provide video games for kids who might not have as many video games. It's or like, even, I, like, I like the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, because, yeah. they're, like, they're using the money to, like, pay for lawyers and, like, get activists stuff or whatever, basically, that are, like, keeping your online digital rights going. Right. See, I, like, I like that sort of stuff, but I do agree with you. Like, even that is more global, because there's... A lot of people online, and a lot of people getting fucked, or could get fucked online, mm-hmm. but, like, Child's Play is literally, like you said, getting an NES to that kid in that ward, or whatever. Not even kinda... an NES, that would be, like, you know, because you don't get any choice in, like, what games are they playing, like, what am I actually supporting, like, you're just kind of generally supporting kids should play video games more, and what, is, really? Like, that seems kind of a weird charity to me like it always has and for a while like i i'm pretty sure i said that on an older episode and kind of didn't express it very well because it was like pretty blunt like it's just like what the hell man what is yeah. this but it's like dude the penny arcade they're being so generous and now that their reputation is a little more tarnished maybe i can get away with it but <laughs> i don't know like, like if you just... want to look at it from that angle it's kind yeah. of weird because then it's like this company is setting up this charity for like kids and for something that like you said probably isn't maybe the most important thing and mm. they're getting goodwill out of it and they're probably making some like money or at least charity credits or whatever off mm-hmm. of it too but like, yeah i mean it's all like what resonates with you what matters to you like there was a while where i was like why would we give any money to human charities there's 7 billion of us orangutans there's not enough we need more orangutans and i was very serious about it 
but that has faded a bit too because <laughs> it's been a couple years since Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out, and my you know orangutan excitement has petered out a bit. But fair enough. I mean, there are seven billion humans. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Anyways, so humble store. Let's just bring this around a little bit. You know mm. what you will never see on that store? What's it's that? Beyond Two Souls. Right, because it's a PlayStation game. And it is. Massive. Um, I've been playing a bit of it. I'm halfway through, and the way I, the reason I say halfway through is because I looked up a FAQ to see how many chapters there were without spoiling anything, and then mm-hmm. I counted how many I was on, so I'm 11 out of 20 or something like that. And how long would you say you've been playing? Five hours. Okay. Four or five hours, probably. I guess so. I kind of lost track of how long that game was. It seemed long to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because you're kind of just watching a really long movie. It's kind of because it's not very good. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of a factor. I will say one thing. I started it up. I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I mean, it looks beautiful. Let's just get that out of the way. It looks really good. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it looks like any other game, kind of. But, but, like, some of the animations and the facial, like, animations and stuff. Like, the like scenes that. that you know are cutscene cutscenes and not just, like, fake cutscenes that you can press a button in. Those look yeah. really, really good. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff, whatever. What I really liked is at the one of the beginning sequences is uh you play young, what's her name, Jody? Yeah, Jody young, Holmes. Yeah, young Jody. And you're kind of doing this experiment, seeing if you can see what cards another uh, woman's looking at in the other room. That scene from be- Ghostbusters, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a point in there where you're, where they're like, okay, can you make him move something? And it's, you're like, okay, this is where I come in now, and I can just like throw this over. They're like, okay, good. And the lady's freaked out, but she's okay because she realizes it's okay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, can you do something else? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, yes, I can. And I just start throwing around a bunch of other shit. Yeah. And by the end of that, I had thrown everything around. I realized Jody in the other room was crying and telling me to stop. And I could have mm-hmm. stopped the whole time. Yeah. And that was cool because it was like, oh, no, I actually went out of control myself. And the game reacted to that appropriately. That's awesome. Yeah, I had one of those, too. And I agree. It, it kind of... Was inter- like I thought it was like an interesting dynamic between the player and the characters in the game. Well, because you are playing the force that she can't control, and it makes sense because you're controlling yourself. Okay. Like in the yeah. story. For most... Uh, no, at that moment. At that moment, let me, there are let me deviate, and it bothers me, but okay. Let me continue. Yep. <laughs> I realized this was broken much later on when I wanted to do other stuff, and you can't because there's not a dot on it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there's, there's that, and there's also just like points. Like, there's specifically a chapter in that game where they just start having Eden do dumb shit that I wouldn't do. And up to that point, I felt like I kind of was Aiden. Like, they were kind of like. How far? Uh, it was called The Dinner, was the chapter. I think it's like 14 or something. Oh, maybe. so it's like, I haven't reached it yet, probably. Probably. Um, it, it's like a dinner date. You're preparing for a date. Does that sound familiar? Oh, dude, no. Yeah, no. Okay. Like, up until that point, I was, like, under the understanding that the game's contract with me was essentially, you, your role in this story is this force. And you're supposed and, to help her along with what she needs. And, like, 
the characters in the game will occasionally talk to you, the Force, and you you know we're going to give you a name and whatever and kind of justify your existence in this world. But the stuff you get to mess around with in the game, like that's that's cool. Like that's part of how this works, and they kind of accounted for that. And I thought that was neat. But then they they kind of didn't do that in a couple later places, and it really bothered me. Because it was like, no, Aiden is just another scripted character in this game, and I don't know who I am at this point. I guess I'm just watching this weird movie. So yeah. it kind of distanced me a bit from some of the stuff, and I, I wasn't really into that. Because, yeah, like- it was kind of an inventive way of having the player be a role in the game without them kind of having to speak or whatever. Like It was kind of like, you're, you're in another, another dimension. You're trapped. No, right? like it makes sense, because you're this weird like omnipresent for uh force which you are when you play any video game you are the force that's controlling what something does it's kind of neat that the game is revolving around this idea that okay we know that the player is a force so we're going to give them kind of an outlet and everything's going to react accordingly because they can't see you they can't see uh Aiden or aiden or whatever so there's like you are supposed to be him, and now that you're telling me that they're... Well, I had seen this before. There were parts where it's like, no, like I actually legitimately want to help Jody out in this situation, but I can't yet because this scene hasn't come out, done anything yet. Yeah. So um, I'm speaking specifically about a part where you go to a party and you give yeah. a girl a book. There's so many things where I'm just like, no, I'm going to do this now, but I couldn't because they had to do something first, and then mm-hmm. I could. Um, how... Yeah, I guess that was the scene where I was going pretty far, and then Jody was protesting, and I stopped. So we can kind of. Um, and that's the one. Where... I'm just gonna say everybody in that scene mm-hmm. was no longer conscious by the time I was done, and everything was gone. Okay. Yeah. I I pulled back just before that. I guess. Fuck but, uh, that. Fuck them all. There was a candle, and I was like, I don't want to do that. There's so many times. I wanted to just choke everyone out, and it wouldn't let me, and that bothered me. Yeah, like, there's definitely moments where it seems completely contrived. Like, it's just like, if Jody's getting hassled right now, why can't Aiden intervene right now? You know? Like, why isn't there just a means of, like, being like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna shove you through this wall. (laughs) Kind of thing, you know? Like, you can't do stuff until the game prescribes that it is okay. And, I mean... There's all sorts of narrative problems with, like, the amount of power Aiden can grant Jody just not happening. Like, it's just like, well, actually, nobody's in danger at all, because we've already seen her fall off a building and nothing happened. So, sure, everyone chill out. Aiden, Aiden's got this. Like, that should just be the attitude with everyone, like, the whole game. They're just like, Aiden's got it, and then just everyone you hate dies. Because you're that powerful at times, and then at other times you're not, just because drama. And it kind of doesn't work. The part that pushed it over the edge for me was the part where you're homeless. Yeah. That was fucking annoying and pointless. Ah, uh, yeah. That that chapter has some real problems. I need you. I need you to tell me that they tie that into the story somewhere, because I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Ever. I mean, there's there's some stuff towards the very, very end of that game where you can bring it back to that, and I did, and I was okay with it, but yeah. I mean, Sean and I had a pretty long discussion about this on a spoiler episode. Right, but I can't so, listen to that, so... Not yet, yeah, because we talk right about the end and stuff, too. So, yeah, I, I don't want to kind of 
be too explicit about some of the stuff that happens, but there there's some like very there's some ending choices. There's like multiple endings to that game, and they're all pretty late game stuff. So you can kind of just see the different paths. I only watched the one through though. Like I played well, through. It. I mean, YouTube is a thing, so I will see all of them. Yeah, like it was like, do you really want to load up this game again, play through like half an hour stuff, then see the end, and then do it again and again and again? Like that's how I used to do this when like Indigo Prophecy came out. I played through that game multiple times. But yeah, YouTube probably has it. Probably. Uh, I'm going to say that game isn't very good so far, though. It has parts that are very good. Mm -hmm. But for the most... Maybe it's the fact that... I know people have said this before without giving spoilers on other things. And I'm starting to see why they say it. Splitting it up into, like, back and forth, I think, is detrimental. Because I don't care about any of the parts. That's That was definitely one of my big issues with it. was, like, it elected to have a non-linear... Wow. Non-linear storyline, like just chopped up in different times and whatever. And that just completely destroyed any kind of dramatic build to a lot of the stuff. Like, it's just like, oh, now I know why Willem Dafoe was upset about that like eight chapters ago. I don't care at this point. You know, like just kind of stuff like that where it's just like explanation comes after a thing or like the payoff for a thing happens way later. Like, it's just like, this is not this is all scrambled like it doesn't seem like intentionally scrambled to kind of reveal something it just seems kind of arbitrarily torn up and spread around and i don't know why. and i'm a bit annoyed too because if this was a movie mm -hmm. i would be okay with spending my two or even three hours maybe or even if it was like three movies and it was still six hours or something i'd be okay with sitting there and just like passively doing like just accepting it Mm-hmm. And I think I would be okay with it, even though it would be a completely unremarkable movie. Because like it'd be just kind of a goofy '90s sci-fi or something. Like, David Cage isn't that good. Like he's just not that good, straight up. David Cage as a writer. Yes, like, he's he's just not that original. He's not interesting. Like he's just trying to steal a whole bunch of cliches from different movies and try to make them work in this world he dreamed up. And nobody's telling him that's a bad idea. And even if they are, I'm pretty sure he just tells them to go fuck themselves or whatever. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, David Cage just isn't that good straight up. However, I always seem to need to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Because he's I, kind of the only one doing it quite like this. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of like this weird, you know, just curious to a fault about what's going on over here. And occasionally there's like, wow, that's actually a good idea. Or like, that was an impressive scene or that was an interesting topic to bring up. But it's rarely all all comes together in a way that's really, really impressive. Like, yeah, it's almost been like diminishing returns. Like, because I saw Indigo Prophecy back when I did, it was like, this is really cool. Like, I really like this. And then the more I played it, it was kind of like, wow, there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors here and you can't actually make choices. That kind of sucks. But it's still kind of neat, you know. And then Heavy Rain because of the way the story goes, like I was just really not into that game. And I, I guess I, I'll say, like, there was no one plot moment in Beyond Two Souls that just like broke everything for me. It was more just like generally like not hitting the same peaks over the course of it. Like It was just kind of like a lower but more consistent tone of just like, this is kind of ridiculous and kind of stupid, but it's also kind of neat at times, so okay. And that was enough to kind of pull me through the whole game. But 
Heavy Rain, though, yeah. there was enough in Heavy Rain to keep me going, even though it was all red herrings and it broke in the end. Well, yeah, yeah. like, the reveal at the end, though, ruins it. Where, But up to the reveal, you're kind of curious about it. Right. This so it pulled it through okay, and I have a feeling this will tie everything together in the end okay, so that when I remember back on other parts, I'll be like, okay, the problem is I don't care enough about the parts right now that they broke their own game doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if that was a linear story, it might actually be more interesting. Like, it's just like, you're this little kid, you end up becoming, like, part of this program where you're getting trained to use your powers and all this. Like, it's like, okay. Like, this we is talk a, about how um, that part sucked? The whole CIA training thing? That was so fucking terrible. Like, the montage? It was bad. It was just so fucking bad. All it I is am, is, like, like, quick, like Ninja Blade? That yeah. Game. It was that. It was the like except Ninja Blade was the whole game like that, but it was all just a cutscene that you had to push. But it was a huge quick time event that there was no story except that you're in the CIA and you're training, and it, it kind of covers a lot of time in a sequence. Like it was literally a training montage that you're you're playing, like you're touching the controller while it's happening. I I mean parts of the parts of my kind of defending it is just. It's a weird role for Ellen Page, and I'm a big fan for Ellen pa- of Ellen Page. So it's just like, she's never played a psychic secret agent before, so okay. There's a point, though, where it doesn't even feel like Ellen Page anymore because of that uh, Uncanny Valley going on. Where it's just like, no, this is just this weird creature that David, Cra- David Cage has created that looks very similar to Ellen Page. I, d- I never got that weirded out. I... N- him or her and uh, Willem Dafoe, they're just, I mean, I don't think of them as real people anymore because of this game. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I definitely had no kind of issues with that. Like, I really treated it like I was watching a movie. And it's like a weird machinima movie at some times, but it still worked for me generally, visually. Like, I was never torn out of it in a way that was like, oh, video games, what's happening? Like, it was just like, no, this is yeah, it's a weird animation. Like this is a weird animated movie. That was kind of how I was feeling it. But okay, I mean, it's definitely a highly problematic thing in a lot of ways and I I wasn't raving about it really ever, but okay. You going to finish it, you think or no? You don't. Oh yeah, because I'm ha- like I have to. I'm halfway. I just want to see how it wraps up and then never play it again. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> I I'll end this conversation. With mm-hmm. a comment from the chat, RobAp1 says, I'd bane Ellen Page so hard. Oh, okay. So he, he saw that nude model that got out, hey? That was pretty weird. <laughs> what was with that? Why would they have to do that? They, I don't know. <laughs> that has been its own great controversial thing that happened. Because, like, it isn't actually her, but they, for some reason, decided to, like you know, build the entire 3D model based on some other person or whatever and kind of fill yeah. in the blanks. It's just <laughs> like, alright, well there's no nipples here, but we're going to put some here and whatever, and it's just like, why did you need this? I mean, if you weren't going to use it, at, like, it's not there's no nudity in the game, like, there is a shower scene, though, so you get some side boob, but why did you need front boob to animate side boob? You don't. What are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't know. It is a little weird. And I don't know, is she suing? Is that still going on? Like, wasn't there a whole bunch of... Is it weird that she's... Is it weird that she wants to sue for that? 
Like, well, I mean, kind of in like in contracts. Work. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's a pretty standard thing with actors. Like, it's like I have a no nudity clause. Like, you know, I guess it's performance capture, so it's kind of a weird, unexplored frontier in a lot of ways. But uh-huh. you know, it, it certainly seems to violate aspects of that. But does yeah. it because she wasn't nude? Somebody just designed the character in their video game that isn't her, but has her likeness. Has her likeness though? Yeah, so, I know. Like it's a weird gray area that I don't know <laughs> how they would even decide this. It is a gray area, but I guess it it certainly warrants some manner of legal investigation. I guess because it's like I, I hope don't know has, why they would even do it. Like what the hell really, is the point? She was really positive about working on that game and stuff, though. So I don't know if that soured since all that came to light. I don't know, but I guess yeah, it's like debug consoles and all this stuff. Like it's kind of hard to even get at that stuff yeah well unless you have the internet then you just type it into google oh no no like i mean yeah seeing the results of this yeah. thing is easy but actually like getting at that content on the game itself is not you know what the bigger problem of it is actually is that mm-hmm. it set, it sets a bad precedence now where if they want to use someone's likeness it's like, well, I don't want to do that because your pervert fucking design team could just put these giant tits on me. Yeah, like, I guess... It's, it kind but, of hurts, like, this well, whole trying to merge games and movies thing that David Cage wants to do so badly by doing it. It's almost weird to me there hasn't been some sort of investigation of this beforehand with, like, the actors who played Miranda in Mass Effect. Uh-huh. Uh there is a very detailed nude model of that character in Source Filmmaker. That oh, you've got to believe that I have pictures of that. Yeah, like, there's, you know, all manner of crazy Mass Effect porn out there that the, some of those actors are, like, those are based on people's likenesses, and I've heard none of them address that at all because it's not in the game. I guess that's maybe the difference, is, like, this is just perv modder people or maybe awesome modern people. It depends, you know, on your opinion on it, I guess. Like, I don't want to, you know, throw them under the bus or whatever, because they might be doing good work. I don't know. Depends on your, you know, perception of this whole issue. It's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to keep backtracking, and eventually I'm just going to be like, nah. Can I tell you about another thing I played on my PS3? Yeah. I tried Hotline Miami on it. Yeah. Okay. The control is so bad. Like that on there though. Huh? I, I beat it on there. It's not that bad. It is bad. I mean, maybe it's you got different. used to it. I just stopped playing after the first couple minutes. Oh, okay. But like, so, like you do get used to it then. The finesse of it is gone. Like you end up just kind of generally pointing towards them and hitting and hoping it works out sometimes. It kind of slows it down, maybe? It does slow it down. Like, I can't pull off the same combos I could on PC, so I'm kind of like, you know, a little burst of hitting three dudes and then stopping. You know, it's kind of back to playing it the first time again, almost. Which, once you get used to it, it, I don't know, I I thought it was kind of cool to have that sensation of like, this is almost like playing it for the first time, but not. You know, I've seen these levels, but beating it is now a challenge again, as opposed to just kind of, I'm bored with it. So it was enough to get me through the game one more time. I've beaten that game a lot of times now. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I I understand. it. Man, if you think that's bad, don't play the Vita version, because 
I have not. I don't think that is a good. Movie. Yeah, I think I did tweet something about that, where it's just like the PS3 is maybe the worst sin. Like the PS3 controller to play Hotline Miami might be the worst sin or whatever. I can't imagine what that's like on Vita, though. Vita is worse. You're using the touch screen, and it, that makes no sense. I've said it before. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm my hands are on the control sticks right now. I, I can't also like I don't I don't have that many hands. I don't I don't know who designed that. Like what are you thinking? Cuz you're locking on and like aiming with the touch screen and you can't that that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So, I would say that version is kind of profoundly flawed. But it was free with the PS3 version, so whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, the PC version, I think, is still the ideal. Like, when Hollow Miami 2 comes out, I'm not going to buy the PS3 version. Like, that's not that's not what's going to happen. Okay. But, yeah, provided there is a PS3 version. Like, okay, is all mobile development going to continue kind of on both? Or, like, I mean, indie development? Or are they just going to be like, no, this is on PS4, it's exclusive. And you're just like, why? It's Transistor, this could be on anything. It's exclusive. Like, are they going to do that? I... Like, I don't know. Like, what I've seen of Rezogun actually looks like there's a lot of particles flying around. It's kind of crazy. So yeah. That's a PS4 game. That makes sense. But, like, some of this kind of straddling the generations thing, it's just like, this is an indie game. Like, this this is sprites. This could play on anything. Why, why isn't this on the older systems? Like, I, I, I guess I'm just like, I don't know how quickly... Uh, Sony and Microsoft are going to drop their old consoles. I mean, we're three days away from PlayStation 4 coming out. Like, I'm just, you know, will it make sense for me to keep having a gold membership past a certain point, or will it just kind of dry up or something? Like, will it just be like, hey man, this this month's pl- PlayStation Plus exclusive is a PS4 game. Get on board. And you're just like, oh, okay. <clears throat> but, oh, thanks. So. Yeah, I guess so. Like maybe they'll kind of try to goad everybody into making the jump or something. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Next gen, ready? How excited are you? Not. I don't care. Okay. What about you? Um, I I guess I'm kind of curious, just as like a fan of video game coverage, you know, like you know, podcasts and video reviews and like just. Like see, seeing the industry kind of react to all this stuff might be kind of interesting, but as for like, are there actual next gen video games you want to play? No, like there aren't at all. Like, really, like I, I'm fine waiting for a while on that front. Like I want to play that new Mario game, but I already have that machine, so I'll be playing that while everyone's playing Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag on the PS4 and Rise Fall of Rome or whatever, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. It looks pretty, pretty generic. I, so I don't know. You have your pre-orders? No. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I, for a while, I was kind of like, oh, that would be funny. I should go to the launch and just kind of see what's going on. Like, just kind of hang out. Like, check out the scene or whatever. But I'm pretty sure I have work. Yeah. Yeah, if I wasn't working, we could go down there with, like, a video camera and just, like, do a weird interview thing or something. Mm-hmm. Talk to people I, I mean, online. I have the Saturday right after off, so I could stay up late that night and see the craziness. But oh no, would it be the fourteenth night where that would happen? Yeah, like probably. midnight fifteenth. It's yeah. all on. 
I yeah, so. never mind. I'm not doing that. That would just ruin my day. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. I will just see live streams and tweets and whatever about it and be like, yeah, next kind of whatever. Okay. Kind of figured that. Or like, you know, the new Killzone game. I guess that was the thing. Just sorry to bounce back to Ghost briefly. Mm-hmm. I was having a less frustrating time playing that than I was with Killzone 3. Okay. (laughs) If that's a valuable comparison point, like it's just like this game actually lets me shoot the dudes and then continues and ends. And, you know, it also has a totally whatever story that I don't give a shit about, but at least it let me finish it quickly. Whereas Killzone 3 is like, no, man, this is like challenging. You need to figure this out. And I was just like, I don't care. I don't want to do this. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Some about the feel of Killzone. I still haven't figured out, and I don't know if it's because it's nuanced or something, or if it's just not good. So, yeah. I'll probably finish that with the move at your house at some point. Yeah, I gotta dig that out. I don't actually have the little navigation controller, so I'm gonna buy one of those, too. Oh, okay. I've been just using the regular PS3 controller. The night of motion games or something like I, I honestly want to play more Rise of Nightmares though. Like I was having fun, that was that was like enjoyable. Yeah, no, that's not bad. But um, if we're gonna stream that, I do want to set up a webcam or whatever. It was just late at night. I didn't want to do any more work. Mm-hmm. That was basically okay. it. Rise of Nightmares. We can try that again with proper video setup. But uh, yeah. Um. Okay. I get video games, video games, video games. I've been talking a lot about them. Yeah. What has been going on over there? Um, okay, so as I've said here before, and most people probably know or whatever, Saturdays at work, we have kind of like a movie night. Like mm-hmm. after we're done all our work for the day, because there's no more trucks or whatever on the weekend, and we're just kind of waiting around, we just watch a movie or something. The guy I work with had never seen Jurassic Park, so we watched Jurassic Park. And it was weird watching that with somebody who hadn't seen it before. Were they still digging it? Like, did it? Did uh, not it... really, but that's because they don't like dinosaurs. Apparently, I found out. Like, not oh. don't like, but they just don't see the draw of them. Okay, well, they're big lizards, kind of like monsters. Like, kind of. He kind of is. But <laughs> anyways, like, even with that, he still liked it because it's kind of like a weird monster movie, right? Yeah, it's like a just a fun. Fun, you know, bit of scares. It's a thriller. There's yeah. dinosaurs and dudes but it's trying. It's kind of weird that that egg. movie still works for somebody, even if they don't care about dinosaurs. So maybe that says something about how it was filmed, or like. Well, I think the big thing that's impressive about that movie is like that was in a special effects movie for the time, and it hasn't dated horribly. I was gonna say people always say that it still holds up very well. I'm gonna say it holds up not necessarily very well though. Like, like the, some sequences worse than others. Like oh, definitely for sure. Like the ones that are combination animatronic CG, they blend that stuff pretty well. So it's like the T Rex scene still great. Yeah, Raptors pretty good. The the like flock of like dinosaurs running around in that field though looks like shit. It's just sure. bad. And the so, Brachiosaurus in general. When they first yeah, the Brachiosaurus isn't great. Like, there's moments where it's just like, yeah, this was it was 1993. I mean, what are you gonna do? The T Rex part is legitimately still very scary, though. Like, yeah, when, when you know what's happening, 
just like the size of this thing and every time it lets out a screech you're like oh jesus <laughs> like yeah. it's just so scary finally seeing that in a theater somewhat recently it was like wow this is this is awesome like this is where this movie was meant to be displayed like see i actually saw it theaters screen. when it came out that's I was great very, I was... very young with my dad and yeah. we had gotten the jurassic park cup with like a dinosaur on it mm-hmm. and all of that bullshit went to see it and i remember it just terrifying me because when that part happens when you're a kid your seat is rumbling from the sound yeah yeah no i i, I saw part of that movie like around that eight like it must have been 94 or something whenever it came out on home video and yeah i thought it was way too scary i was just like this is fucked up this is weird there's giant dinosaurs chasing these people i do not want to see this but yeah when i eventually saw it it was like at the you know once i was ready for that kind of intense experience that was awesome i was a very easily scared kid for a long time though like poltergeist man that movie was scary sure was a clown that was just sure. weird why would you have a clown doll like that that's no good you know but... how the internet loves ian malcolm yeah i think a lot of people that love ian malcolm remember like two or three of his lines because that character in general is just a douchebag that you <laughs> wouldn't ever like he's a fun douchebag though like for the that, most part, that whole bit where he's just like, uh, at some point, are there actually dinosaurs? No, mouth? I know. Like there are parts and lines he says Hello? and stuff that are funny. Yeah, he's breathing on the camera, and then John Hammond is like, I really hate that man. It's so good. I know, like stuff like that's fine, but if you watch like the whole performance, that guy's just a douche. Just yeah. Like, but there's that bit after he's hurt where he's like just sprawled out on the table like a sexy pirate. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's like that that scene in the theater got a huge laugh because it's just like it's like the cover of a Harlequin romance or something. Like it just it's weird. It's just sweaty Jeff Goldblum with his shirt open, like leaning. It's just so weird. Great stuff. Sure. And is also in that movie. I don't know. I I enjoy that movie. But okay, uh, first time seeing it, kind of okay, despite not liking dinosaurs. That's probably a win. That's that's good. That's still a win for, like, what is that, a 20-year-old movie now? Yeah, it's its 20th anniversary this year. Yeah. It's been a while. And, yeah, that I mean, wow, yeah. I was, like, six years old when that movie came out. It's a long time ago. Old. Old we're cast. Just, we're just remembering now. That's why there was silence. Yeah, we're thinking back to, like, that action figure I had where you press the button and the arms pop off. Yeah. Yep. Or, um... Samuel Jackson. Was it the Stegosaurus with a tail that could rip off or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There was a bunch of weird dinosaur toys when that yeah. came out. Ushered in a whole new era of dinosaur enthusiasm. Oh no, I think the Stegosaurus had like a side, like a piece that you could remove from his side, and it showed like ribs. Yeah, I got like big chunk bit out of him or something. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Hold on to your butts. That's what he says. Wayne, it's weird seeing Wayne Knight at his absolute heaviest. Yeah, because that dude, that dude lost a lot of weight, but even in Seinfeld, he wasn't that big as he is in that movie. He is huge in that movie, but man, some of those those lines too just stick with me forever. Like that first scene where he's like uh, eating pie, and like you know Dawson, we got Dawson here. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's great. Uh uh uh, you didn't say the magic word. Yep. Please! <laughs> just scream. God damn it! Yeah. Look at 
station. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I that movie is like fast becoming like that kind of classic like quotable. I, I don't know. Like it, it, I mean, it's been twenty years, but it is in that category of just like this is classic now for my generation or whatever. Like it is just life. Uh, finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> just so dumb. Life finds a way. I mean, life finds a way. They find those eggshells, and it's just like, they're breeding. Oh, yeah. Sam Neill, great times. Okay, well, I'm glad you were able to share the, the magic of Jurassic Park with somebody. Yeah. Those traps, they missed that for their whole lives. Are they going to see Lost World now? Are they going to keep going down this path? Probably not. I wouldn't. You know what? If he doesn't like dinosaurs, yeah. and he enjoyed Jurassic Park, just leave I, it at that. I think we're okay. You know what? I don't have to try to make him see the majesty hidden within the garbage that is Lost World. Yeah. There's there are things to be found within Lost World. There are moments that I like. Actually, there's quite a few moments. The problem is they are wrapped up in a garbage movie. There's a lot of bad stuff too, and it's so long. And I mean, I kind of love in a doofy way that it ends in San Diego. Like, there's just a T-Rex in the streets. But that is so bad. Like, that shouldn't happen. I don't know. I yeah. get why you want it to, but it doesn't work. And it's, Sure. It, I don't know. And, like, and, I mean, we were just talking about, like, Ian Malcolm's a douche. He is, like, not having fun in the second movie. Like, no, his because he's serious. Same. Yeah, it's just, like, he is no longer carefree and funny. And, I don't know. Like, that just is such a bummer to me because there's like no quotable good lines from him in the second movie. Like I'm trying to think like I'm racking my brains. You got cut from the team. There's a terrible line. Sure. So bad. Ugh. I don't, I can't think of any either. Anyways, moving on. I want to talk about something. Let's uh, okay. Sorry. Nintendo gets rid of swap note. Too many penises, man. Yep. So, so did you that ever was- use swap note? No, was yeah. that just kind of their, you know, picto chat for the, the 3DS? Like that was just their new version of that? Yeah, but like the reason I used it is because every now and then when there was an announcement, they would get an actual artist from Nintendo to like do the spot pass or whatever, the Wi-Fi thing, and it mm-hmm. would be like this weird announcement where this chick's drawing some cool shit. And I thought that was cool. Okay. But other than that, they're they're not wrong. The first swap note I ever got was somebody drawing a penis and just come everywhere. <laughs> so okay. that was the first thing I ever got on swap note. But I'm just wondering, Nathan, because you might be an expert on this. Yeah. How many penises are too many penises for Nintendo to shut down a system of things? I don't know. Like, was there no voting system on that kind of stuff? Because like. I know the Wii U has, like, you can draw pictures and share them, and I'm pretty sure there's a pretty easy way to just say, this is garbage, and then it won't be shown. Sure. So I i don't think that has been taken down, right? Like, that's still up, right? Is that maybe why they closed Swapnote? Because they're like, we have this better thing, and this is just, like, well, childish just, pornography? Well, it's weird to me that they can't just patch it to have more control or something of it. Like... I'm, maybe because it's just people can use this and just chat with each other and too many people are being crude idiots with each other and we don't want that to happen because Nintendo's a family-friendly thing. Maybe. So let's just shut this down. Which, or maybe they could go the opposite way 
and make penises the cool thing because kids don't like following the trends, right? Well, so then like instead of having to draw one, maybe they have a stamp feature that just has yeah, like, like just this kind of dick on it. Like kind of like in the super bad art thing, like just make give them some personality, like they got a smiley face on them or something, like make an emoticon series that is just dicks or like, and it kind of takes it out of it. it takes it kind of like the way Kanye is using the Confederate flag take the sting out of it a little bit he's taking it back yeah just take it back like just be like no nintendo's all about penises that's what we're what's what we're into well tanukis man they got giant balls that's like how they transform japanese culture i know like swap note has different like backgrounds you could use or whatever like little (laughs) different notepads maybe one just has these giant fucking wieners all over it and you yes, can draw like happy faces or sad faces, and you can really make a dick for every occasion. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way they should have gone about it. But more than anything, I just found it interesting because it's hilarious that they took it down because people were being too crude with it. Yeah, it's like we don't like our fan base. Apparently, like well, they're way into this, and we don't understand like that, and we don't like it. What's people's? What is the fascination with drawing dicks on everything? Because there is one. Is it's it just because it's silly? It's it, it's simple and silly, I guess. Like, how it, do you it, feel it's about like, being really part bad. of? How do you feel about being the fifty percent of the population th- whose genitalia is silly for everybody? It kind of is. Like, I can't get around that. Like it just it, like I think in that like really simple way where it's like physics are funny, like flapping, you know? Sure. Like the way it dangles around is silly. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation with Lauren. And Yeah, no, she was said big floppy dicks are hilarious. Yeah, because like it's just that's kind of true. Like Well, they're, they're just kind of floppy. goofy to it in the way it, it you know, willies bounce around see my big thing here is maybe it is a ploy for the radical feminist movement to make everybody unimpressed with male genitalia because then they can take over if nobody cares anymore about the dick Uh then maybe you know is there any way to like comically represent a vagina that's like funny like no, because it's terrifying if you do. Like, but I swear there's like some weird Japanese like app or something that tried to do that. It's about kind of like health tips or something, but their their character is actually not bad. Okay, Here, let me well, see I if mean, I can find it. I mean, the funniest way I think you might be able to represent vaginas is just by what you call them, like clam. That's hilarious. That's a funny yeah. word. To represent that. It's kind of disgusting, but I mean, it's probably the funniest you can get. Otherwise, like, I've seen pictures of people, like, drawing teeth and shit on that, and that is terrifying. Like, holy shit. That is so. Well, there's that whole movie about that very thing called Teeth that looked really upsetting. I I always kind of wanted to see it, but. I've never have, though, yeah. Being a guy, like, no. That's just so bad. Are you actually looking for this picture or whatever? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, I currently just typed in Japanese vagina hygiene mascot. Oh, God. And I'm not seeing <laughs> results. Well, I am. I'm seeing 1.6 million things, but... Oh, God. And then I just clicked on images, and there's a blobfish. 
So <laughs> it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I so, know it's a thing, but... So is it almost like a badge of honor that we have the genitalia that people can find comical, but can get shit done if need be? <laughs> I don't know. Like, dicks can get things done? That doesn't sound... Okay. Not in the same way that, like, they can control, like, the world with theirs. Mm-hmm. Like, psychologically. But, like, you want that kid. Guess what, baby? I just heard Nathan mute his mic, so that's no, sorry. I had to blow like, my nose. I oh, okay. I thought you were. Off. I thought you were just like going to Brittany and be like, "I'm so sorry." No, she's not. <laughs> she's uh, off seeing the new Thor movie, actually, which I just wasn't that interested in. Yeah. Okay. So a few people in the chat have been saying, "Have they talked about Thor yet?" I haven't seen it. Yeah, I basically just chose not to see it. So. Yeah, I I don't something about like I mean Iron Man 3 was fine, but it was also just so generically entertaining. Like I'm 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 kind of good. Like I don't I don't expect anything especially interesting to happen in any Marvel movie now. Like it's okay. just it's it's not going to say anything about anything. It's just going to be well-made and entertaining in a very easy way. And I don't I don't know. I'm I'm good. I I don't care. Like I don't like that. Okay, I guess specifically to Thor, like in Avengers, I found the Thor component, the part of the equation that didn't do it for me. Oh, you mean a god. Yeah, it's like, why is Loki here? Like, why is this movie acting like Loki's interesting? Why is Thor like this supernatural type thing? Like, yeah, I know it's just they're from a different dimension or something. They're from a different planet and it's advanced technology or whatever. It's just it's just magic. It's just dumb shit put in here. Like the, the robot suit guy, that that's fine. Uh, dude with a big shield with a gun, all right. Mad scientist dude who's kind of basically Frankenstein, like or like you know Mr. Hyde, essentially is like Hulk. But the part of it that just doesn't do anything for me and kind of never has is, you know, Norse god with hammer. It's just like that's that's just dumb. Like okay. that that like every time that's been presented to me, it's just kind of like. What? Like when that when that character was first presented to me like in comic form like when I was in junior high, I was just like, "What? Thor is a Marvel character? That doesn't make sense. He's a Norse. Like that's what?" And you're just like, "Yeah, they just borrowed this character from you know, mythology and made him a character." And you're just like, "That's fucking lazy." That's yeah. bullshit. Stanley, what is that? Like, "Hey, I made up this cool new character. His name's Hercules. You can't pull that." You can't do that. <laughs> Zeus, I just came up with him. He's really cool. He's got a beard and he throws lightning. What is that? Get out of here with that. That's old. Yeah. So doing that with Thor, it was just like, what is this shit? And that's kind of always been this disposition against Thor I have. So apologies to Chris Hemsworth and everyone involved. but I honestly don't think Chris Hemsworth really cares what we say <laughs> on here. Your your main character. I mean, he was fine as like you know. No, Captain no, dude, Jack. that guy is like. I have so much money. I don't even have to buy vagina anymore. No, I don't even know if he enjoys being Thor though, because it's kind of this. No, I don't think he contract. does honestly either. It's this ongoing contract where he has to stay in shape and kind of live a certain lifestyle as long as they're making movies. So. Oh, that's rough. Getting that paid to stay really in shape. 
yeah, it's like you need to be you need to look like this all the time. And you're just like, well, I just kind of want to lie around and not do stuff. No, you can't. You're under contract. Marvel owns you, man. We made you. We can destroy you like that. I've, I've heard a lot of people say the reason. Sorry, go ahead. Like Andrew Garfield just wants to lie around and play video games, but he can't anymore because he needs to be in. You know, he needs to be Spider Man. Sure. So there's probably weekly visits by like the Marvel elite dudes that are just like, how how was your routine this week? It's just like, yeah, I didn't go. And then they just, you know, all sorts of shit comes down from that. Just they just kill him, make a clone of him, and then keep going. Well, no, they don't, but they keep kind of reminding him that they have his DNA on file. Like, right. We can pull the plug on you, motherfucker, if you don't get in shape. Like, no, you don't understand. When you started this contract... Yeah. We own you. You are no yeah. longer a person. You are a property. I know you were looking at that number, like million dollars or whatever, but no, nah, man. You should have read the whole thing. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Marvel's probably evil. Anyway, I heard a lot of people talking about the reason they like Loki is because he's the only villain, really, in the Marvel Universe who's good. Which I can kind of see, because like mm-hmm. my thing with villains is that they for me to find them compelling they always have to think they're doing the good thing like they have to be kind of unaware of what's the word i'm looking for here like they're they shouldn't have the same like oh well, my they're god they're well rounded they're justified like they well, they justify things themselves they rationalize things for themselves and they think they're doing the good thing and like maybe a tragic backstory or whatever and loki's whole thing is that like he was kind of the black sheep or whatever he was outcast sort of thing right mm-hmm. and he thinks that he should be doing this for his people or whatever and then he just kind of goes really bad ways about doing it so i could see maybe how people could make an argument i just don't find loki very cool and i think those movies are predicated on this has to be cool looking and ridiculous because it's comic books Right. But, like, yeah, some boat, I have this, like, horned helmet and, like, this big staff or whatever. Like, I'm just like, this is just goofy. Like, it just is. This is just really goofy right now. And, like, yeah, there's talk of aliens and there's all sorts of explosions and whatever, but there's just this, like, strain of silly through this that isn't funny to me or cool. Like, it just kind of ends up in this dead zone of just, like, I just don't like that. I just don't. Well, I kind of like that he's, like, the great manipulator, right? But they yeah. don't play on that enough, maybe. Now, like honestly, right now, since you've said like he's the only cool villain Marvel has, I've been kind of like doing an inventory of villains they have, and like other than some X Men characters, there kind of isn't. Like Magneto. Good. Magneto is. I like Magneto. Character. Yeah, but like that stuff's all locked up with Fox, so it's not like they can co- cross pollinate X Men with this. So, and I, I mean, some Spider Man villains I enjoy. But that's locked up over at Sony. So, yeah, I guess, like, the core stuff, like, I don't know anything about Iron Man's antagonists. So, well, like, the Mandarin was, like, the big one, and he just and the way they messed, a dude. Yeah, the way they kind of messed around with that didn't bother me, because I have no reverence for that character. But Sure. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, DC has that iconic, like, the Joker. And you're just like, oh, well, yeah. And that's an easy card they can always pull, right? It's like, we have that guy. Well, I mean, most of Batman's Lex villains Luthor. are literally just psychopaths. So yeah, most they can do what. So they're anchors. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's good. That's fine. Uh, but I, I also like you know Lex Luthor is polar opposite to 
Superman's ideals and whatever. Like, he's okay. He's been okay in the past. But again, that's DC. Yeah, you go to Marvel, I I don't know. Like, Kingpin? No. Just no. It's not good. Kingpin of crime? Yeah. Like, what is Hulk's? Like, he got the abomination. That wasn't great. Was he? No, that was Superman, was Brainiac. The leader? Yeah. You know what? We should just move on, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly have very low interest in Thor right now. Like, a friend of mine really likes it, but he's a big Marvel fan, so that opinion doesn't swing me that much. It's just like, okay. I, I mean, I didn't like Avengers, and that's the one everyone loved, so I'll be okay. Uh, I think I'll be all right. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. And maybe without my 1275, they'll finally stop making them. No, because there will be that one person that sees it four times. So they right. canceled you out you know, times gonna, three. With my dollars, Paul, i got to believe that by not supporting it, it will go away. That's all I have. I wish it worked that way. I really did. But Assassin's Creed wouldn't be a thing if it did. And I guess technically on paper, we bought that game. So we're helping. <laughs> it's a it's got pirates in it though man they did right it's got guns look at all the guns this dude has on him on this cover you know what i'm excited about for that deal where it's just like trade in whatever and you'll get yeah. a game is that now when i go there there will be used games for 10 bucks and there'll be games i care about maybe maybe that i never wanted probably to pay full too. price for but oh i guess some of the games we traded in yeah they'll probably be 10 bucks so they probably added a bunch of variety to their used lineup like Sneak King actually got intercepted, but yeah. Fucking Sean, the one game I wanted. <laughs> actually, there was like we were kind of looking at it after, like it might not have worked because there's no barcode on that game. <laughs> so with nothing to scan, they might not have actually been able to pull it off. Well, they so could have just thrown a sticker on it from their own label maker, probably. Maybe, but who knows? Um, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Do you want to hear my weird thing now? Yes, or? I do. Okay. There's no good way to introduce this at this point. Um, but, like, yeah, there, like the one angle I have is just extra controversial. But That's how we do everything here. There's no good way that we transition into anything. I mean, just this last right. one, I'm just like, you know what won't be on Humble? Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> let's make fun of that segue hours later yeah i mean all all of our segues i you know what a lot of people i've listened to podcasts before and they're like that was a pretty good segue and like that's a crime you can't comment on a segue mm-hmm. we never do comment on the segues anymore we just kind of roll with it and i think that's hilarious even though they're all bad okay <laughs> But this so, is just, like, darker subject matter, and I don't know how to properly articulate why my brain was in this area. Is this NC-17 rated R's? We need no, adults it's here? it's kind of like being a little cavalier about murder. So it's, it's a little weird. Okay, so, okay, I guess just, like, here's a little, like, trivia question or whatever. Hey, who is, like, uh, generally considered to be the guy who killed John F. Kennedy? Oh, uh, Oswald, right? Yeah. Uh, who's the guy that shot John Lennon? Oh, fuck. What's his name? I rem- I do know. Oh, uh, Chapman. Yeah, Mark David Chapman. Yeah. 
Um, hey, do you, do you happen to recall um, the guy who killed Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski's wife? Uh, not specifically, because it was a group of people working under the guise of being part of the Manson family. Mansons. Yeah, like, yeah, the whole Manson thing, right? Like, those are killers, you remember their names, because they killed somebody famous. But I don't know the main dude that, like, maybe drew the knife, drew first blood, as uh, Rambo yeah, would say. Yeah, fair enough. That that last example is just one I, I, you know, I'm trying to come with this as... You're like, like just roll with it, Jesus. Just roll, just roll with it, man. Charles Manson, right? Everyone... Yeah remembers that guy not that they should necessarily but whatever there you go i guess i'm just like you know at some point if you're if your goal you're a crazy person if your goal is to get notoriety why would you kill anyone other than someone famous you know sure of course why aren't there more high profile assassinations slash crazy murders on in that field than there are of just like, oh, there was another school shooting this week. You know, it's like, why would you do that? If you're going to go full tilt crazy, why would you, you know, what are you doing? I think they're trying to do it where they can still play off as insanity. Whereas, like, if you kill somebody that's beloved, people just kind of give you the death chair. Okay, so they want to go crazy and kill people but still make it out? Like, maybe, and, I mean... Like, I mean, Manson is still alive... But he's in prison. But he writes books and stuff. Like, and Chapman's still up. Yeah, like, we have biography of him in our true crime section. I guess also the true crime section is just a weird thing. Like, it's basically just the exploitation section. It's just, like, real horrible things that happen to real people. Read about it now. Buy this book. Right. Like, I don't know how to feel about that. But, okay, 9-11, right? Yeah, that was a thing. That, actually, that was a date. Yes. That was the date. Uh, I guess specifically 9-11-2001. Okay. Yes. September some... 11th. Um, spawned some crappy movies. And more than anything, just kind of started like a weird holy war where everyone hates Muslims. And everyone's kind of just scared all the time. Sure. About just everything. But okay. I guess here's – so in my mind, it's like the terrorists wanted to kind of strike fear in the heart of America, right? Well, they did it, yeah. They did, but here's here's my kind of like counterpoint. Why didn't they crash that plane into the Oscars while it was going on? Or like um MTV Movie Awards. What or the something. fuck is his name? Like the Baldwin Residence or something. Or like actually do the thing that was in some of all fears and blow up the Super Bowl. You know? Like sure. something like the world is watching and it's something everyone's kind of into. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, everyone loves, you know, the, their favorite team or their favorite actor. So that would, like, ripple way harder than just some building in New York blew up. And you're just like, well, that's crazy, but I don't know anyone there. So, you know, that allows idiots like me to be kind of flip about it 12 years later because it kind of doesn't impact me that much, right? Sure. So why didn't they blow up the Oscars, man? When is somebody going to do that? Is it going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen? Um, TV cameras are rolling. Suddenly, the whole theater starts shaking. And it's like, what? Craziness. At the very least, why isn't that in the next Call of Duty game? Because like, that's where this is going. Uh-huh. I don't really know how to respond, I guess. And okay. um, it's not because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. It's just because 
I don't really have a good answer, like, why you wouldn't bomb the Oscars or whatever. Like, is security too crazy? Like, like compared to the World Trade Center? Yeah, it's like probably downtown. Probably not. I mean, all of that stuff, we're in a different world now. Air, air security is totally different, right? Like, it wouldn't pan out the same way. But, I don't know. Like, just their target selection is strange to me. Like, I guess if it's, like, number of lives you want to take down if that's your goal, but it's like amount of cultural devastation and impact, you know, we're like, is kind of a cult, like a celebrity obsessed culture. If you attack that, you're going to kind of impact everybody. Maybe is it possible? Maybe they viewed it as almost a monument for everything they hated because it dealt with, uh, the wealth of like consumerism and capitalism. Maybe, but like, I, maybe it's just like revelations after the fact that it's just like middle America also hates that kind of right. Like the greedy fat cats live on Wall Street. So blow up Wall Street. I, I don't know. Like part of the world won't care about that. Right. Like it's just like um, Donald Trump, like I'm at, like, you know, say like I'm not saying Donald Trump because a lot of people don't like Donald Trump. So oh, like, dude, like, I don't think many people would honestly care if terrorists like went after Donald Trump. They'd be like, that's, that's kind of that's, good. That's why I'm saying he would be a bad target. Like, you go after, like, America's sweetheart kind of thing, right? Okay, like, so if, Sandra Bullock gets Yeah, it was like, like, literally, that's why I'm saying the Oscars. Like, the Oscars blow up. Everyone has someone they're upset about, you know? Like, it's not just like, oh, man... Like I, me here, I'm like, what the, f- what a terrible way for Jack Nicholson to, to go out. You know this what? Whole- you might be right in this respect because I'm just thinking of like, uh, what's his name? Like Ricky Gervais, like doing the speeches or whatever, the keynote or whatever he does. Yeah. Like, him dying would probably pr- piss off British people too. Yeah, like the world has some sort of stake in celebrity culture, you know, like. It's kind of weird, but I'm just saying, like, it's kind of like world's friend. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I saw that guy in a movie, and now I feel real bummed that this happened. Because, like, what every time... What brought this it... up? Hmm? What brought this up? Oh, uh, man, I'm trying to think. Like, just what... Just being cranky thing? pants? Just being cranky pants? No, like, well, I mean, like, John Lennon specifically, I have a Time Magazine kind of profile about him. And I like that dude, so I'm not saying like I wanted that to happen at all. It's just right. like that it happened was so impactful, right? Like it's like, oh fuck. Like it's that kind of thing. The shot heard around the world kind of thing. Like when you hear about someone high profile enough, it kind of ripples. Okay, like, let me let like, me counter at, this for a second. At our store we have like Marilyn Monroe on our wall. Yeah. And a lot of people, like she was that per- that person to some people, right? Like when they heard she overdosed or everybody was like, Oh my god, what? Like Heath Ledger, all this stuff. Like whenever a celebrity dies, like it, it really hurts for a lot of people. So if you want to like make maximum damage impact on an entire society, those are your golden calves, right? What about uh, like PewDiePie? That would really impact some of the internet. Yeah, like there was a kid in my iTech corner who was loading up PewDiePie videos on our Apple TV. That's so weird. Okay. PewDiePie, and it was like, okay, like now I know this demographic. I guess it's you should be preloading all those computers and TVs and stuff. By the way, with our site, (laughs) (laughs) just like what's Pixel Response? It's an amazing website that (laughs) updates every. Well, I mean, there's podcasts there all the time, but actual articles, whenever it works out, kind of. 
I keep thinking like, man, I wrote like for a week there, and then it was just like, nope, I'm tired now. Yeah, so it's I, hard. That's just what. Yeah, maintaining a schedule of stuff to write about. No, nah, especially when you have a life, like yeah. when you're not getting paid to do it as your job. Right. I mean. I guess also thinking about, like, how much people talk about, like, when Steve Jobs died or whatever. Like, it's just like, you know, those, like, again, those people. Yeah, like, fuck that guy. You know, like, eventually when people who haven't had that kind of impact on people's lives die, like, they just, it kind of fades a bit, right? Like Whitney Houston. Well, I mean, Whitney Houston is a high-profile one for a lot of people, but, like, I don't want to be dismissive about it because it's awful stuff that happened. But, like, the school shootings and stuff. Like, I don't remember the exact date of some of those because they didn't have the same kind of, like, personal significance, right? Uh-huh. Like, when, what day was the Boston bombing? I don't remember anymore. Uh, wasn't it July? Maybe that was the month. I, I don't know. I don't know. When was when's the Boston Marathon? I mean, people that know when that date is obviously know. Yeah. I kind of like, don't care about the Boston Marathon, though. Right, and so, like, like September 11th is just because it was such a huge thing that was made a deal about for after like forever, you know. Like that's probably why that date is so resonant. Like in the UK, though, that date is like July 7th, right? Wasn't there the train attacks? Yeah, something like in 04 or 05, like that was kind of their big like, oh fuck, this is something totally crazy that happened, you know? But. Yeah, like, I, I guess also it's the 50th anniversary of JFK's assassination, so, like, everyone's been talking about that. Like, we just keep getting piles of books in about that, and it's just kind of like... there are Was that still... even the first time that a president was assassinated? No, there there was uh, Garfield, I think. Okay. Like, there was, there was an, or I mean, an Lincoln, obviously. Like sure, yeah, yeah. Years ago. But, yeah, no, there were a couple more, but it was, like pre-media blitz kind of right like there would have been newspapers and stuff obviously but like come 1963 you actually have like footage of it and there's a movie about that footage that came out this year you know like that's how much that death impacted people right they're still talking about it 50 years later there's books about it all sorts of stuff so i don't know i I guess that's kind of why it was like what would be the most awful thing that you know America, like the world, would remember forever. It would be like not just Justin any Bieber. Crime. Yeah, like if if you blew up the MTV mu- like music awards, it would be like, oh no, Daft Punk was there. Like no, that would dude, be my thing. If you took out the internet, well, the internet isn't a place though. <laughs> but, but if you took it out, if you that took would it be out, it. Yeah, like the YouTube convention or something. What about like a whole bunch of strategically placed like? EMP blasts or something. Oh, well, like, GoldenEye style, like, just kind of pulse all technology and you lose the internet or whatever. Like, yeah, but it wouldn't... But the kind of memory of that would be destroyed because it's, like, that's how people would share that that happened, right? It's by, like, the internet. I, I mean, like, you wouldn't see the ripple of that information traveling the world because the, the information system is gone. It would be chaos, though. No, yeah, there'd definitely be, like, the legends of the day all the computers went down and everything changed. But, yeah, that's its own kind of thing. I, I don't know. It was just a weird avenue my mind kind of went one time. So, free, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There you go. 
bad things that could happen. And this is what you didn't want to talk about last week? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess so. I mean, it was probably, like, fresher then, so I was probably a little more angry about it or something. I, I mean, the problem is I don't have a problem with the subject matter you're talking about. I just don't know how to respond because I kind of agree with you. Well, I guess I'm also saying, like, why haven't I seen this in, like, super villainy or something? Like, why hasn't the Joker blown up something like that? Or has he, you know? I don't know. Maybe just because he's insane, so he's very, like, like, tunnel-visioned. But, like, that that part in GTA Five where you detonate the phone while he's giving a keynote, I thought that was kind of genius. Because, like, that's so nutty. Like, that is something so crazy, but that's something you could pull off in how media saturated everything is like you could like remember when that guy's head exploded on tv it's like oh jesus like you know like that could happen right like steve jobs is up there talking about the new ipad and then all of a sudden like a piano falls on him or something yeah and it would just be like what the hell and that would be a gif forever (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay forever (laughs) i mean it would be a gif anyways because it'd be hilarious just having a piano fall on him because why what the hell but hell but yeah no i know it would just be like that kind of meme culture whatever i I don't even know it was just like that's what happens when i'm like just caught in like stand in this part of the store for eight hours like i just start getting weird and angry about stuff and that's eventually where it went like yeah man Super villains. They should, you know. Do you think you would make a good super villain? Mm, too lazy, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, it seems I don't like have... it would take a lot of work and like manipulating the right people at the right time to do the right thing. Yeah, if you're gonna do some like long con type business, like yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Nah. Yeah, fuck that. All let's, right, so there you go. Let's grumble about video games. Just grumble about video games some more. Um, I don't know. Like I, I mean, whatever. Like not to kind of bounce back to like the saddest topic that we've had for a while, but like I mean, I keep listening to old Bombcast, and the Ryan Davis thing is still very tender in a way. And like for me, that is that person. Like July third slash eighth is like those are the days now. Like it's like fuck John F. Kennedy. Who, what did he ever do? Kind of. There's not hours and hours of stuff I care about out there about that dude. Like, Cuban Missile Crisis, whatever. What is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I try not to think about it. Yeah. There you go. Nice note to bring back, bring us back to fallen podcasters. Yeah. Pour one out. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, that internet thing where it's just like, weekly content every week daily content on twitter and then it stops like it's just weird like that's that's a new thing you don't have to do the music i'm just saying like it's still something where it's like i am playing games that there was still coverage that he did of it's just weird it's like i'm playing games that they talked about now ghosts posts ryan davis whatever don't don't do that are you gonna cry no, I'm not. I'm just. I feel like I'm getting too melodramatic. Too melodramatic, but it it sucks. It blows. It's it does suck. Actually, I try to not even remember he existed. To be completely Uh-oh. honest with you, it's easier. 
that would probably uh, be better than what I'm doing, where I'm like, I'm gonna revisit all these great old things, and now it's just like, oh god. But it's great splunky background stuff, man. Those podcasts are funny. There's some good stuff. Yeah. But it's just kind of like the weird. Oh, why isn't he on this new one? Oh, fuck. Burns again. Yeah. I I still have I haven't revisited his last one before he went on like vacation or honeymoon or whatever. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a hard one. I've listened to that one a lot, and it's super weird because they talk about him dying, but in a comical way. No, like, they don't. Him getting crushed by an arcade machine is what they joke about. Like on his honeymoon? No, like just as a thing, like because he helped move a arcade machine that week. Oh. So it's like this weird thing where you hear him talking about like you know saying goodbye to all his friends because he's trapped under an arcade machine. And it's just like, this is funny, but it isn't anymore at all. It's so weird. But, yeah. let Okay, let's let's uh, lighten it up. Let's talk about Remembrance Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... What's the deal with what, Remembrance Day? Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Maybe we should preface this in case everybody doesn't know. Yeah. So... World once, War. once, one day a year. Yeah. We remember those that have fought for us in the past. Mm-hmm. And we give them, what is it, 11 minutes of silence? It's the 11, it's 11, 11, 11, 11. Isn't it a minute of silence? I really oh, don't wow. think anyone is silent for 11 minutes. Okay. Yeah, but anyways. Like radio stations go silent for a little bit if they choose to and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Veterans Day is the same kind of concept in the States. Um, I don't know, like, is the poppy thing Canadian, or does everyone do that? I honestly have no idea. I think somebody will be able to tell us in the chat, but we should keep talking until then, but... Okay, but people wear, uh, red, uh, kind of fake poppies, uh, kind of, there's this famous poem... In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow. About the gravestones and whatever. Between the crosses, row and row. Yeah, so... In the sky... You yeah. don't remember it, do you? No, I don't remember it at all. Like whatever, it's it's a poem. Um, the hark still or the herald's hark still something. I can't remember. <laughs> whatever. Okay. I guess thing is like it's been made like just this kind of annual thing that happens. Like there's poems and people making tributes and all this stuff, and it's like never forget. Like let us let lest lest we forget. It is literally hashtag never forget. Yeah, let's keep remembering this, but I don't quite understand what the tone of that is, because it's just like, are we trying to stop wars, or are we still kind of stoked about them? Like, are we still like, yeah, our heroes? Go well, see, this is a weird thing, fight. is that I'm following a person who was just before, like, just a normal girl living in Seattle and, like, working at a thing and doing some freelance art or something every now and then, and her art was never really that good. Okay. And now she works for Wargaming, which is, like, World of War planes and that shit. World, World of Tanks. tanks. And okay. on Remembrance Day, it's like, re- remember our veterans, tell us about your favorite tank. It's like, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I think that's kind of gross. Yeah. It's like, I think the reason why we try to remember Remembrance Day is that these people deserve some sort of respect, but also we should remember that this is fucked up shit, and we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, it's like, I view war and soldiers as like this weird, tragic thing. 
Like, it's like, there was this generation where a lot of people died and, like, lost everything because of this crazy thing that happened. And it's like, that's not, you know, we're not supposed to remember that as, like, man, yeah, those that was awesome. They, I'm glad they went and took down the Kaiser or whatever. Like, it's just like, what? No, like, both sides, it was bad. Like, this, isn't this supposed to be a reminder of, like, man's worst tendencies and we're not supposed to do this ever again? Like, I thought it was supposed to be, like, remember this person who died pointlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems like the tone of it is now kind of like, and, you know, to our, you know, those brave people out there in the field right now, it's just like, no, bring those people back. Stop doing that. Stop fighting. Well, I mean, Call of Duty has always done the weird thing where it's like, lest we forget how to kick ass or something, and it's like they release Call of Duty on the Remembrance Day. I mean... That's gross. Now I'm thinking through kind of Call of Duty stuff. Like, it is weird. Like, the earlier games definitely had, like, a weird thing where it would be like, you die, and then a quote about war comes up. You know? And it's like... That made no sense! Heavy and philosophical about it, but it's just like, what the... Like, it seemed weird, because it's like, no, the tone of this is go shoot the guys and have fun. But the subject matter is serious, and they can't deny that. Yeah, so it's like this weird balance of like this is at the same time like completely irreverent and disrespectful that this even exists. Like yeah. people called it a grandpa sim- murder simulator or whatever, right? Because like sure. it's like this is a real generation. Like this is a real thing that happened. These are real people, kind of, and it is all being kind of made light of in this game. But then the tone of the game would kind of try to compensate, so it has like really you know somber music and like those quotes and kind of contextualize it with some footage or whatever. Like, I think Medal of Honor uh, Allied Assault had, like, actual historical footage in it sometimes, and they, they'd kind of try to be a little grave about it. But at its core, it's still being really kind of light about it, right? Like, do you remember... Okay, there was supposed to be, at some point, Gearbox announced a Brothers in Arms games, Brothers in Arms game that was, like, totally ridiculous. Yeah. And it went away, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of trying to do that Inglorious Bastards thing, but it was like in a series that had up to that point been really reverential in a way. Like they would recreate kind of in a, you know, uh, what's that? What's that? What's that show? Brother, Band of Brothers. Like it was yeah, kind of yeah. trying to be the video game equivalent of that. Like they would have interviews with the actual guys. They would recreate the campaigns and stuff based on a lot of documentation, or whatever, and try to recreate exactly how this thing went. Um, so there was like a them trying to be authentic, and then this new game looked to be just like completely, irres- like totally disrespectful of all of that, like just like treating it like a cartoon. And it was probably very, very justifiably canceled. Like that thing has not shown its head in a while, and I think that's probably for the best. But not because like, I don't like Inglorious Bastards in a way, but Inglorious Bastards is also like kind of a cop out. Like it's such a cheap thing to do with World War II. Yeah. Like it's like this didn't happen, but I wish it did. But I'm gonna kind of play it as though it did. And it's like you 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 kind of shouldn't do that. Like I you can that is your creative freedom, and you're allowed to do that. And I'm not gonna you know try to censor you or anything, Quentin Tarantino. But isn't this the most childish thing you could possibly do? in a way like we killed hitler it's like that doesn't help anybody like no one killed hitler and he killed like millions of people like right what is this doing what does this contribute really but i don't know like 
Remembrance Day seems to have kind of like stalled at World War Two from my perspective. Like I never see anyone talk about like Vietnam or Iraq or like anything contemporary. It always seems to be like so focused on the distant past. And that seems to be kind of like the least interesting way to approach it. Like it's just like, well, yeah, World War Two is pretty fucked up, but you know what was also fucked up? What happened in Palestine yesterday? You know? Like no one seems to be kind of like actually applying this attitude about bad things having happened to current events. Huh. And it's weird. Like it's just like, yeah, Afghanistan is pretty fucked up too. You know, like what do you you know what do you want? Like actually, yeah, you're right because the Remembrance Day thing, like it's kind of weird that people keep remembering about the people that had to fight against Nazi tyranny, trying to like eradicate a full group of people yeah but like they're not remembering that time there was a problem in vietnam and they decided to send troops to their death because it might make sense politically mm-hmm. like like there was all the gross of- shit they don't remember yeah cause, like it's less black and white right like world war Two still stands like a pretty good example of like you could almost simplify it to good versus evil that's a very reductive way of looking at it but one side was committing like gross genocide and the other side was kind of periodically committing war crimes but well like are we supposed to be remembering also the nazi soldiers who died in the line of duty even though like they didn't believe in it they just knew they would be killed if they didn't fight for this side like i mean that's kind of been an ongoing question from me because like my family has german heritage so some of my nazi well, some of my relatives were forced into military service after yeah. Poland was taken. So it's like, well, they were living in Poland at the time and ended up being in like German regulars, but they weren't, you know, elected, like, you know, they didn't vote Nazi party or anything. They were just part of this crappy thing that happened, like this really troubled chapter of history. Like, it seems kind of weird. Like, there's this, like, celebration of the one side like the allied forces or whatever but then it's like well a lot of other people died too and a lot of them weren't evil they were just in a really shitty situation like you know like there's like the pilots that bombed dresden like we're remembering them too and they did some shitty stuff in yeah. allied forces or dropping the bomb on nagasaki yeah like bad stuff went down on both sides like and I guess I just don't hear a lot about, like, Japan in general. Like, does Japan remember this stuff? Like, is there any kind of remembering of that? Like, it's such a Canadianized event. Like, from here, I, I don't really see much said about, like, the world stage. Well, because they have Veterans Day in the States. Yeah. But, like, you know, should this also be a day where we kind of revisit the topic of, remember when we interned the Japanese? That was shitty. Shouldn't have done that. You know, lest we forget. Like, why isn't that a lest we forget kind of thing, too? I don't know. It just seems to be like, remember that time we fought the bad guys and the brave people we sent over there to fight the bad guys. And it's like, that's not exactly what this is, I don't think. But I don't know. So I've kind of just taken to being weirdly skeptical as to what Remembrance Day is for anymore or what people are doing with it. So I don't yeah. wear a puppy anymore, I guess, is part of the thing. But, okay. yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it 
yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like this has been oversimplified to the point where I'm not even sure I agree with what is happening anymore. But if I were to kind of try to explain it, it might be like, ah, you're Nazi or something. And then that's no well, way. you are kind of a Nazi for many yeah, reasons, but many reasons. I mean, I have that record of Hitler's war marches. So. Well, I was I was gonna say like the oven. I have an oven. You have the oven. You have an oven for pizzas, but you also have the oven in the corner that you use on certain people. That's not true. What are you talking about? <laughs> All I'm saying is that if I'm ever stuck like sleeping at your place, mm-hmm. probably not going to take a shower the next day, just in case. This is horrible. Like I'm okay with like, engendering this weird reputation of like kind of being way into porn, but that's <laughs> <laughs> Like I love how you're just like I'm kind of okay with this weird reputation of porn, but this is too far. This is too far. I am not a fan of murdering people with gas or whatever. That's that's of course. That's too much. It's too far. Source filmmaker though. Thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) And let's go on to questions. On to questions. Okay, so we actually got an email one. Oh, like a question yeah from mario 64 mario question for nathan are Uh you interested in visual novel games there's one called danganronpa i probably said that wrong coming to ps vita on february 11th and it's probably one of the few titles that would convince me to buy a vita the game is like phoenix Wright mixed with 999 mixed with persona Hmm. i've liked phoenix Wright games I've been curious about 999 for a while, and I like that Persona 4. So conceivably, um, I don't know, like, graphic, no- like, yeah, visual novels, I've, you know, like, Ghost Trick was a prime example for me. I, I really did enjoy that. Although gameplay-wise, it's like a pretty, like, I mean, we were, I was just complaining about scripting. I guess maybe the difference is, like, that is pretty explicit about it. Like, you kind of enter with the expectation that I'm kind of just reading a book right now, but it's going to kind of involve me a bit, address me sort of, and that's kind of cool. So Would this be as, like Hotel Dusk as well? Yeah, I found Hotel Dusk kind of frustrating in an adventure game type way, though, where the puzzle solving felt really like the logic was weird and I just yeah. got stuck. So as long as the game kind of just plays fair or whatever, I, I am generally intrigued by that. So is this being translated for here, though? Like, that sounds like a very Japanese title. I'm assuming so. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really just want to play 999. I've heard that does some interesting stuff with its death mechanics. Like, you're re- replaying it a lot and kind of seeing different ways the story can branch, but that's actually part of the game. So, like, in the way I I would replay Indigo Prophecy and then be frustrated that it's, like, kind of forcing me down a path, this would be like, no, there is a branching path, and we know that you did a different thing this time, and that's actually somehow addressed, and I don't know how they do it, but that sounds interesting to me, that, like, the game is kind of rewarding that curiosity. So, I've, I've been meaning to play that game for a while, I just haven't gone and picked one up yet. Like, or ordered it off Amazon, really, because it's not really... Like, you know, it'll be like that thing where, like, I'm in a store and I'll kind of look for it, but I'm not expecting to find it, and I never do. <sighs> so I would buy it if it was there, but it isn't, so I need to kind of make an effort now. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. I, I might well play that at some point, although 
I find once I've played one of those, I can't play another one for a while. Like I went on kind of a Phoenix Wright tear after Ghost Trick and burned out partway through a game because they're so similar. Like it's just you know, at some point you want a mechanical thing again. Like you want something you can actually mess around with. So yeah. How about you? Do you like video, visual novels or? Not I like really? Hotel Desk. Did you finish it or did you like no, it? No, I liked the parts I was playing of it. Then I just kind of stopped and now I'd have to replay it to know what I'm doing. Yeah, like I have Trace Memory, which was the same people, I think. Um, and I've heard it's really short, like two, three hours, but I haven't I haven't messed with that either. Oh, I guess, I, I know no one's asked, but like Pokemon Update, I don't know where my copy is. I was looking all over for it. I love how you're trying to get ahead of it now. Well, no, I know, because like, oh, I'm looking at my DS, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I was thinking about that this week, because I went through all of our, like, we have this big box full of DS games, and there is the heart gold, like, outer box, but in there was nothing. So I started searching through, like, our storage room, and I, I think if it's anywhere, it's probably in there, but I don't know. So, and then I guess I found out in that terrible way where it's like, well, whatever, it's an old Pokemon game, that's probably cheap, right? It's like a hundred dollars. Oh man! They just go up. I forgot okay. that happened, but like Emerald went up in price, right? Like it's just oh, it's rare now. This is the last gen one, but kids still want to play it because then they can import forward. So there's like new diehards who want all of them. Yeah, and right. There's like always a market for old Pokemon games, so it never hits that kind of bargain basement price. So replacing it is kind of out of the question for me. So at this point, it's either find heart gold eventually hopefully or maybe i'll just go with the new one at some point i don't know i might have to scrap my murphy plans but murphy hype yeah i'll just name a new centred after him or something or as uh mario 64 mario's been using hashtag murphy's law (laughs) yeah i've been seeing a variety of murphy hashtags (laughs) which i guess also makes you like oh that's great but also now i feel extra guilty for not having you know, gone and seen what that because is. you're engaging with the community, but yeah. you can't engage fully. Yeah, well, I keep telling them like I'm going to play Pokemon as soon as I find it, and now I like I've tried to find it and I don't know what's going on. It is slipped away. People are saying they will trade you a Murphy. Okay, so there you go. Maybe you might need to get X or Y. Then you could yeah, trade. exactly. That's that's when I'm like that's my next resort i guess is like see the new hotness as opposed to going back which means i can't do my poke walker stuff which sucks but i'd also need to get new batteries for that thing at this point so anyway what's uh, i have another email here it's not a question it's just an email and they say it's not really meant for the podcast or whatever but oh, okay. i'm gonna read it anyways because why not it's from tessa i won't go into any more detail than that they just gave their first name anyway Mm-hmm. Hi there, just listened to your most recent episode of the podcast today at work, and you guys absolutely slayed me. If I hadn't been in the warehouse today, the girls in the office would have definitely told me to keep it down. Anyways, you guys spoke of furries for a while and had an amazing discussion. I was a freelance artist for a couple years while work, while, while I was a tattoo artist, and after the shop I work at closed, and while I didn't necessarily relate to the fandom, I found that all the money was had to be drawing furry porn for the folks on Fur Affinity. It, okay. it, it wasn't the most illustrious job I've ever held, but it was the best paying. I made an average of 20000 a year after I had gained a decent following on the site. And before you ask, I didn't report a single cent of my earnings. 
Nice. Paul, you seem pretty interested in the fucked up side of things. If you want to hear any stories, I got plenty. Being an artist puts you in a fair amount of contact with your customers, and I've had conversations at length with these people, and some being ridiculous, some being ridiculous and frightening perverts, and some being normal people with normal sex lives and normal interests. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, <clears throat> if it wasn't that my own two hands created the images that sometimes made me uncomfortable, I had to buddy up with some grade A internet scum so that I could make a few bucks and avoid spending the weekend sober. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're like, anywho, this wasn't really meant for the podcast or whatever, but I just found that funny. Is it so. fur affinity? Is what you're- fur affinity, yeah. Okay, I thought you said fur infinity, and I was like, what? But no. okay. No, yeah, no, that no, makes no. more sense. And then she also is like, I link my gallery, but I'm sort of ashamed of it. Also, you won't be able to see any of the stuff because you need to log in to view it. You gotta be a member. You gotta be like, a member. You gotta to- be down. <clears throat> yeah, in fur affinity. So. Maybe I will go ahead and make an account there and see her gallery. <laughs> okay. But anyways, there is all the money to be made. Yeah. So I don't. So PSA: If you're comfortable drawing like weird anthro fox people, there's a market. I would love to hear what she has to say. She has an open invite anytime, as far as I'm okay. concerned. Or like Good. voicemail or something. Like, I would love to hear. I always love it when people are like, I had to work with certain people for like my weird freelancing job and I can relate some stories because that's a world I will never understand or know. And it would be hilarious to get some insight into it from a person that had to work like from the outside with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe like if they have a unique window into this world. I don't know. I guess as long as we have the right tone about it. Like, we're not, you know, trying to make a quick buck off of furries. I'm not making a buck off of any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's just genuine curiosity. It is genuine curiosity. I wouldn't have even brought it up if I wasn't cur- curious, like, at okay. all. Okay, fur curious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to that's gonna spawn something. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. You're like, you're like, I got to give it back. What? I'm just... It's true. You do take a lot of shit, and people are making up stuff about you, so there you go, I guess. Yeah, there you oh. go. Okay. So we'll start off with the Meowth Hour, mm-hmm. and we'll start off with her first uh, message. It's an hour? Oh, no. Jeez, Phoenix, I haven't even said my question yet. <sighs> Anyways. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nathan. I've been doing some shopping because I noticed that Wii U actually has games. So, I don't know which one to get. I mean, I know only the uh, black Wii U is out now. So, I've been thinking of trying to acquire one of those. But at the same time, I kind of want a Wii U with a game with it. Sort of like uh, the Wii Back when it got the Mario games with it. I kind of wanted that with the Wii U so that way I can have something to play. While waiting for more games to come out. I was thinking of getting the uh, Zelda Wind Waker HD Wii U. But I know this is quite expensive. So, what would be your recommendation for Wii U purchases? Should I just wait until something goes on sale? Or just... Get a Wii U, Zelda, Wind Waker, Wii U. Jeez, Nintendo needs to work on console names. 
<sighs> yeah, the Wind Waker. Well, is it just called Wind Waker Wii U HD Edition or something? Like, does it have some convoluted thing? Probably. Um, anyway, I'll uh, let you answer this more like succinctly because you actually have a Wii U. I'm gonna say though, like Black Friday, maybe just yeah. get one that you can afford and you think is enough space or whatever on Black Friday for cheap. I mean, if you're willing to battle the hordes on that front. Um, I'd assume, actually, yeah, there'd probably be retailer bundles with, like, the new Mario game or something, but they might be still charging quite a premium for that. I don't know. But, I mean, that Wind Waker bundle was honestly what I was thinking uh, during the, like, while the question was described, because that's kind of the only game bundle I can think of. Like, is Nintendo Land just not part of it anymore? I don't, I don't know at all, actually. Okay. So I, I guess I just looked up Wii U bundle. There's a yeah. Zombie U one. Yeah. Uh, there's the Zelda one that we were talking about. There is a Mario and Luigi Premium one, and it looks like it's probably two games in here. I'll click on it and see what it actually is. It's the <clears throat> excuse me. It's the 32 gig one. It looks like it comes with New Super Mario Brothers U and New Super Luigi U. What? Yeah. Which is kind of a DLC. Oh, uh, okay. But it's 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 got its own levels and whatever, or pack of stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, we, I guess it's kind of on the verge of like really cool stuff coming out, like specifically New Super Mario 3D Worlds. Uh, and I mean Pikmin. If you're kind of interested in that, that's already out. But it's still a little dry. Like honestly, Ghost was the first time I booted it up in a while, and that's just because I had it on there. I would definitely not recommend. You know, I, I got to get that Call of Duty Ghost on my Wii U. Like that version of it is not especially remarkable. Like yeah, they don't do anything with the touchscreen really. Like having the objectives there is, I guess, easier than pausing to see them, but it's still just kind of trivial. If um, like if you wanted the Wind Waker HD. I would say go with that bundle because it also comes with Hyrule Historia, which is great, and that's like $50 by itself almost. Well, it's on sale pretty routinely, though. I think I paid like 20 or something, but... It is worth, like, if it's it's free, though, that's awesome. If you're a Zelda fan, yeah, it's a cool thing to get. Um, It is, I guess if it, that is quite a bit, but that's kind of just how much the Wii U is going to be between 250 and 300, and that is a quality game to get with it, so... If you look at that as kind of a deduction, then it's like what two fifty, which is pretty fair. And yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it to be much cheaper than that going forward. Like um, I said, Black Friday, you could probably find it for two hundred. What about secondhand? Do you think like checking, you know, Craigslist or something? Like, would there be people getting tired of the Wii U? Um, probably not. And the reason I say that is because it's still hard for me to find GameCube stuff, like peripherals and stuff, because People hold on to Nintendo shit for a long time. Oh, okay. Maybe, like, you could find Wiis now because people upgraded from the Wii to the Wii U. And it does have backwards compatible and all that. But the so. Wii U is, like, the new one, right? So right. So the kids that have it still have it. Their parents still buy them games for it or let them buy from the virtual shop or whatever. Yeah. So, probably not. I mean, it's, it's about getting to that point where I think it's... I definitely don't feel bad owning one. Like, there's Nintendo games I really like. I mean... Although my, like, nostalgia fires have been stoked up quite a bit lately because I've been reading this book about the history of Nintendo. Yeah. And it's kind of great just seeing, like, 
you know, this story that I kind of know a lot of get filled in, like a lot of the details getting filled in as to like the timeline and what came well, when and whatever. And also just the rev- like revelation that Miyamoto made this game called Devil World that never came out here. Okay. And I just didn't know that was a thing until I read this book. And I was like, oh man, this is really cool. I yeah, I haven't heard of it before. Yeah, it like it had too much religious like sim- symbols in it to come out here. Like, it was just too controversial. It came out in the UK, but well, I know like, Nintendo has a problem with uh, releasing stuff in the West with like any religious symbols at all. Yeah, so, so it's like I, I guess kind of a Pac-Man style game, but the maze is being manipulated by enemies as you're playing in it. But then like there's like crosses and stuff, and it was just like this is a little weird, Nintendo. I don't think we can have this here like nintendo of america was a little skittish about it so that was like one of the fun facts i picked up reading this book um so yeah i don't know i'm kind of like a bit stupid for nintendo like i grew up in it right Uh so i'm kind of like you know fan for life on some of that stuff like i'll my curiosity will eventually get the best of me and i'll try out all of this stuff sure so I might not be the best test case, but if you're in a similar camp and you're like, man, I love that Zelda, like, yeah, man, get that thing. Like, it's going to be great. There's going to be stuff on it eventually. That'll be great. And some of it might be soon. And I mean, as of right now, though, I I guess I will still say, like, none of the things we own is, like, that great of an experience that you need to have one. Like, Zombie U is kind of cool, but not worth a system purchase. Um... Like from what I've heard, the Wind Waker HD is is great, but it's also that game again. So if you played it before, you're like probably, not, you know. I don't know how old Meowth actually is. Mm-hmm. But like, if she was too young, maybe to actually get that game when it was out and like try it's it out or whatever. It, so. Like, well, it's a version of it. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's better or not. Like, if you haven't played it or you played it on an emulator and liked it or played it at a friend's house and you don't own it mm-hmm. and you like it. Why not, right? Right. I yeah. guess also I've been watching that Smash Brothers documentary, just since we're talking about Nintendo. But anyway. Um yeah, I mean I'm looking on Costco right now, the site. Yeah. Yeah. And uh three hundred and sixty dollars for that bundle seems like way too much. Oh weird. For the Wind Waker bundle? Yeah, from Costco. That's weird, right? They're usually That cheap. sounds wrong. I thought it was three hundred. It's like, three fifty nine ninety nine for Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker Wii U bundle. Does that? Did they throw in an extra game or no, something? No. That like, seems crazy to me. Like I have I, one of these Costco bundles where it's just like, no, it's actually just a console, and you can take these two games off our shelf, sort of thing. That's for uh, New Super Mario Brothers and uh, Nintendo Land, and that's four hundred. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Three sixty is way too much. Because I know that's on Amazon for way cheaper. Yeah, like, let me just, I don't know, I'm checking uh, walmart.com, or .ca, rather, just to see kind of, like, another comparison point. Yeah. Yeah, it's two ninety nine. I guess it's, the most important thing we should mention, though, yeah. is that if you buy from Amazon, go to pixel-response.com slash support-us <laughs> first. Yep. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, you're not going to get a discount. But you'll give us money for nothing. I wish we for had like, we were going to do anyway. Yeah. Exactly. I wish we had a partnership where we could like actually give per, like promotion deals or something. Mm. That'd be good. But we can't. But we can't. So 
next question. Paul, Nathan, I just finished watching your hilarious 1 a.m. drunk cast. Or drunken podcast, whatever it's called. And I thought it was quite hilarious how you kept bouncing from where the girl from Family Matters went to uh, furry people. (laughs) And I had to ask, will uh, the drunk cast be an actual thing? Maybe like a monthly thing? Because... I don't think Paul should turn into an alcoholic. I think I asked Paul about this on Twitter, but it's because he's the guy that actually answers the questions when I ask. <gasps> oh man, every single one there's some shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't check Twitter as much as I used to. No, because uh, you get mad, unnecessarily mad. Well, yeah, and it's so dumb, because at some point it's like, well, I set up this echo chamber myself, so I should just fix it, but I I also feel bad, like, not following people who are following me, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, Point, like, back to the question, I guess. Um, Yeah, so they're encouraging us to drink more. Um. Okay, so here's if how it's spaced out from work enough. Here's how it goes: is that the reason why we do those, and like mm. we don't consciously plan on it, is really because it helps me wind down after a week of work. So okay. like on a night like tonight, there was no fucking way because I have to go to work tomorrow. But me like too. if we do it early on a Sunday, like if we do it early in the week, I mean like on a Sunday because neither one of us has work Monday or Tuesday or something, then yeah, of course. I mean, it's a way to just kind of chill out, have a few drinks and then see what the fuck happens basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, lighten up a bit so it doesn't get heavy like it did earlier. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But, um, I don't know. Maybe like m- not more necessarily, but random guests, could help that too like Mm -hmm. if we're just it just helps ease things up a bit um it's not going to be like a regular thing but it's not also not going to be like a monthly like specific we're going to do this once a month sort of thing it'll just happen whenever yeah when it works out it'll happen so yeah yeah life uh life finds finds a way (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay so last question here we go this question is for both of you. And uh, since Albus keeps mentioning that funny fanfic of YouTube, and Paul said he was going to read it. Uh, so, hypothetically, if you two were in like a relationship, which one <laughs> would be the man and which one would be the woman? What do you mean, hypothetically? Yeah, well, yeah, I have not seen this fanfiction. I didn't know it existed. No, I mean, what do you mean, hypothetically, we are? You know. Well, like, playing, playing Splinter, like, Silent Hill, those were good times. It's kind of abusive relationship, but... <laughs> um, I mean, did you make that lasagna? Because it was good. But... I didn't. I wish I did. But okay. thank you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. This got weird. <laughs> yeah, which um, gender do you see yourself filling if we were a couple? Male, the man. Okay. Okay, I'll just allow that. That's fine. See, and I'll... that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fine. Oh, man. Again, life finds a way. 
Life has a way. I don't know. Like, do you disagree or do you agree? It, like, is this too weird? No, I I don't know. I'm not sure. Wh- like, you know, gender roles or whatever you make them, man. Now, so that if work. I were you, I would want to be the wife. Okay. Because then you could be like sitting at home all day and like watching the kid. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, vacuuming and doing the dishes or something. Like, traditional gender roles. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going for, I think. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying that's the way it was back in the 50s, according to TV. So... So it's probably right, I guess. Maybe. Self-fulfilling prophecy or something. But, okay, yeah, I guess since I have, like, a passive attitude about it, sure. And, yes, when that, if that fanfic actually gets written or whatever, I will read it on here. Okay. Actually, maybe we'll split it up if there's dialogue. We'll do it live. <laughs> like it's like a play. There's like yeah, three yeah. Roles. Okay. I'll find like the sound of a door closing and stuff. We'll do I'll like a little radio play out of it. Yeah, theater of the mind, if you will. We'll do like fake footsteps. Like I'll hit my desk or something. Like I don't know. You don't have a desk around to do it, do you? Well, I have this table, which is oh, what okay. I meant, but yeah, um. It's not picking up. I'm I'm just hitting it, and it's hurting my hand. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, well, yep. I think that's it for questions. That is it for questions. So let's get a little jazzy and find out how you can do that, too. Okay. Got a question or comment for the show? You can email us at podcast at pixelresponse.com or leave a voicemail using the voicemail feature on the right side of the main page. On Twitter, you can reach Nathan at Krasnor and Paul at Exposure. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepixelresponse and visit pixelresponse.com for more. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Smash Brothers. Yeah. Final what? topic. I don't know. I just kind of felt it was noteworthy enough. We've watched the first three episodes of the Smash Brothers. I don't is know that... what this is. Oh, um, some enterprising people have decided to like chronicle uh, the history of competitive Smash Brothers. Okay. And they've released all nine parts of it, I guess, on YouTube. And it's like, it, you know... It's a talking heads, pretty straightforward documentary. Like, it's just interviews with people, but kind of intercut and with, like, music and some gameplay footage or whatever. But because it's something I find interesting, like, I'm more than happy to listen to it. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty slick for what it okay. is, you know? So, like, yeah, it's, like, dating back to, like, 2003, 2002, around there, like, when competitive Smash started happening. It's, like, creating this timeline and kind of setting up, like, just... All this stuff I had no idea was happening. Like, you know, the names of all these great Smash players, East versus West, all this stuff. Like, it's it's pretty cool. It's kind of reminding me of King of Kong in a way. Oh, okay. Like, like, people who take gaming very seriously, and sometimes that's kind of funny, but sometimes it's like just like, yeah, no, I totally get that, and that's cool. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a low-budget thing, but it, it's pretty cool. That's so. like that free-to-play movie that's going to come out soon about oh. Dota professional players. Yeah, I guess that'll so. be interesting. So, like, me. if you're at all interested in like the game at hand, it's it's kind of like I mean, I've I've enjoyed me some Smash Brothers, but I had no idea how seriously some people take it. So, it's kind of weird to see that, but it's it's kind of neat. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, um, game dudes. 
Yeah, game dudes. It's a thing Silent now. Hill. We we will get better at saying what the name of our thing is during it in subsequent recordings, but and um <laughs> at the time we just mic in. positioning or uh, different mics. Oh yeah, was it that be. bad? No, not overly, but there were a lot of sw- you mumble sometimes. Oh like, okay. You go quiet randomly, and the problem is the quiet parts, which I can hear perfectly fine when I'm with you, mm-hmm. are some of the funnier parts. Oh, and they're kind of indiscernible in the recording? A little bit, sometimes. So it's just like mumble, mumble, and then Paul chuckles, and it's like, what was that? Kind of. But, okay. I mean, it's it's still audible, it's just harder to hear, and then I blow it out with the laughing. Okay. So a okay. uh, better mix will probably... So we're we're figuring that out. We're working but, on it, but Silent uh, Hill um, is the first official mm-hmm. one. Uh, there is another two Spelunky videos. I just haven't okay. released them yet. Mm-hmm. I think that might be like a Friday fun time sort of thing, where it's just like, hey, two on Friday because oh, weekend. Yes. Dude, Spelunky! I actually beat uh, like on one of the daily challenges. I f- went through the whole game. I was in the top forty one day. I felt real bit real good about that. It's pretty so good. Yeah, I'm proud of you, son. Thanks. I made it to World Four today. I felt pretty good about that too. I had a jetpack. You get anyway. so angry in that video. Yeah, no, Spelunky's intense. I love it though. Like I'm not it again? angry. I'm just having a good time. Did you watch it? Uh, no, I haven't. I okay, seen. there's just like one part where I'm obviously just trying to piss you off because you're like, "Don't pick it up," and then you're like, "You fucking cunt" or something. Oh, <laughs> like when you pick up the statue. Yeah. You were so mad. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's just not what you do. <laughs> but okay. but anyways, that's kind of a separate thing that has its own channel and. That's not really affiliated with the site. Maybe it should be more. Game Dudes? Yeah, yeah Game Dudes is part of the site. I yeah, thought. but like it's not on the site. It's oh. kind of like on its own channel because I'm still like just trying to get well, set up with it. We haven't figured out what to do with it yet, but turns out there's a lot of video games we want to play, so making video content out of it's probably a good idea. Yeah, so. and I mean it's easy. Like, I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and say it's really easy to do, because we just got together, played video games, and timed out every now and then, just saying, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I know how to cut, where to cut. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should make a clapping sound. So it's like, we'll be back, clap, and then, like, when I see the spike, that's where I cut. It would make it easier yeah. for me, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's been fun, we're, I think. We're working on it. We're figuring out. Hopefully people enjoy it. Um, we started releasing it at a real bad time. Why? YouTube did the whole Google Plus thing, so people can't comment easily now. Oh, <laughs> I, account. I know. I finally saw kind of a summary of all the changes yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't notice how weird it was, but yeah, that's really strange. Yeah. It's, like The one thing I did notice that I just found, like, what is this? Like Whenever I would watch a video the number of subscribers on that channel would just, like, appear in the middle of the screen. And I, I haven't seen... Like, oh, you're right, in the top. Like, what? What? Okay. Like, I don't need to know that. How does... Why isn't it going away? And, like, I'll have to, like, click near it, and it'll go away. But it's just, like, it's not an ad or anything. Like, what is that for? Um, I raise my arms in a skeptical way and just kind of go, Huh? What? Why do I need to know that? Like, that seems like something the person who owns the channel might want to know. Yeah. But... It's something they can't fix, so I'm sure it's a Google problem. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. It, it, there's definitely been a lot of weird changes in the past little while. And yeah, Google Plus, man, just I thought it was dead. I thought they were content in knowing no one would ever care as much as they wanted them to. Yeah. They're kind of like, you know, taking other sites in the Google ownership circle that people like and trying to kind of like side load that in there. Like it's just like Well now when like bigger YouTubers are doing weird things like just disabling comments, it's like who's mm-hmm. that hurting? That's not hurting anyone. So whatever. I yeah. guess. I mean somebody made a video about this is like you really want to piss off Google and YouTube, take off monetization. It's like they will no longer be able to run ads on your stuff that like a million people are seeing. They're gonna be pissed. Right, so that's the way to kind of like say you fucked up and like turn that off. But then of course the problem is, but then I don't get paid. Exactly. Yeah. So if like a lot of people wouldn't be willing to do that, but okay. All it's it would weird. take is maybe like PewDiePie to do that, and then they'd be like, okay, we gotta reevaluate maybe because we're <laughs> we're literally losing like a million dollar contract right now. Yeah, this is all on you, PewDiePie. You can fix this. I don't know. He's just content on screaming or whatever. Uh, Indie Talks is back. Okay. By weekly or by monthly, not weekly, I guess. By monthly, mm-hmm. twice or once every two weeks. Uh, talk with Kyle Pulver was the last one. Okay. So, if you remember that at all, <laughs> it was a while ago. But it was yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> Offspring Fling, we probably talked about, and I think Valve Games and Snapshot and Indie Houses. We talked about Indie House. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's some recollections from that. Um, finding time for those is its own unique problem, but that is going to be even more problematic because when we were doing it, I was doing a normal Monday to Friday nine to five. Yeah, so I would be home every night by about five thirty six. And now and, it's like, and you a- were going to school, so there would be days where you would just have nothing to do. Yeah, whereas now my work schedule is all kind of up in the air, but it's typically five days a week, so there's a lot of times that don't work. Yeah, so that that's going to be interesting, but we have some interesting people planned for it. We just got to... There's still stuff. There's still good stuff in the hopper for it. That's why it's released. I mean, we okay. won't release it without a couple weeks worth of stuff, right? Okay. That would be that would be ridiculous, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, and maybe, like, hey, if we're totally out of guests at some point, we'll just be like, we're going to talk about indie games this week, Paul and Nathan. And just be like, this one's terrible. It's really bad. So we just become the angry video game nerd in podcast. But for indie games. We just call it a shitload of fuck. No. Probably be longer winded about it. Yeah. Kind of how we go. And how we will always go, including next time. Remember that part in the core where the space shuttle crashes? No.